All right, Super Bowl week is. Oh, I'm sorry, it's FPF calling the audible. Yep, as we are in the basement, not in South Florida like everyone else is. As we're in lovely, lovely Saint Lunar, Quebec, which is far, far away from the South Beach. At least there's no earthquakes here. Thanks That's the only. At least there is. Or iguanas falling from trees. Um, or infected beers. Corona. That's get nice. it? Yeah, yeah we you get, get it. it. We get it. It wasn't great. Um, it is what it is. We were uh, talking off air about research for what again? I came in and we were talking about something. I said Eagle researched that for us. Jaguars players. No, no, I had the questions for uh, our, our guest. You prep questions? Yeah. Well, it's easy. It's online, man. I mean, I'm gonna kill him on this. He's not. Uh, look, okay. Nimrod Junkowski will join us uh, at around eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. So in half an hour's time from now. Time will your death at nine o'clock, and we got William Power at ten. So we had that power hour. Up. So hour number one. It's Nimrod Junkowski. Uh, he's a big Jacksonville Jaguar fan. So I'm gonna ask him ten Jaguar questions on know your Jacksonville Jaguars. I think people get more than he will. I wasn't listening already. You said Jacksonville Jaguars. I stopped listening. It's like whenever they're, whenever Jacksonville Jaguars are on uh, Red Zone, is the time I used to go to the washroom. By any chance, are any of the questions about grooming a mustache? Because then you might actually get it. Mm. Yeah, but he said he's an original Jaguar fan. So we'll see. He's the original? He's the first one? Maybe the fourth one. Mm. I don't know how many Jaguar fans are in Montreal. I also don't know. I know <laughs> of one. And we'll talk to him in half an hour. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, right, I still don't know who he is, by the way. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. You'll see him soon enough. Okay, uh, just a quick heads up. Uh, we are now through four weeks. So that means four games are done. Uh, there's six games left. I always do this every single year as a reminder for teams out there. You need five games to be playoff eligible. So that means you want to give yourself at least a week of grace in terms of spacing. So if you want to get a new guy on your team to be playoff eligible, we would recommend that they start playing this week, week five, Moving ahead here. So remember, five games required. There's six games left in your season, so please have your players eligible. And this make sure to contact uh, Eagle with any questions if uh, PZ was not on your roster but was on the roster. We do have a rules document available under the captain's tools to read through all the roster regulations, jerseys, all type of stuff and everything. So if you have any questions, that's a great place to start. And then feel free to follow up with the league and we'll answer any specifics you have. That's right, and of course we're doing six and six D, and that's where we're looking at because again, new teams or newer teams uh, tend to forget you need five eligible, uh, five games eligible, and with six games left, you might as well get your new guy the extra game to work with. All right, let's dive into it. Uh, week four that was, and six and six D PZ. Let's dive into six. Uh, what caught your attention? I saw some games that caught my attention. But I'll start with you. Trap stars beat average Joe's. Um, Ignacio Valdez Manzanados is having a decent first season at uh, the quarterback position. Uh, threw for a ton of yards, was moving the ball. Uh, the difference was, of course, the interception by Ryan Garber. Ryan Garber, um, just a strong, steady game from him. Um, I had six runs to supplement the passing. Uh, Ryan Garber is a very good athlete. We've talked about him a lot last week, but I wanted to focus more so on average Joes because they've been having a, a pretty solid season to start. Um, and again, they, they went into the season looking for a quarterback, uh, then they they decided to go with one of their own, uh, and Iggy, as we know him, uh, member of the media, he took over the quarterback. He, you know, he's thrown 16 touchdowns, five interceptions, first four games. It's a great start. Um, and coming into this game, average rows were undefeated, so undefeated no longer as the Trap Stars get the win. Now, as I make a crooked eye towards our screen, the uh, Geratron 6000, I, I, am I seeing things? He threw for 224? 
He, That's right. You are seeing that because it's on the screen. That's right. And Ryan Garber threw for 157, even though they scored more points. Well, he added, he added 37 yards on the ground Rush. as well. And so, a pick six. So pick six. Okay, I wanted to make sure about that. I was like, whoa, that's really efficiency at its finest. Like Jimmy Garoppolo up in here. But, but you know, we, we spoke about Trap Stars in the past, and we spoke about uh, Average Joes in, in weeks past here. Both teams are good. I think Trap Stars have improved dramatically from the week one loss that they had, which I watched. And from where they were to where they are now, a month later, piece, I think they are much better. Could very well be a contender in the whole uh, Div 6 playoff. Yeah, I like uh, both these teams. Ordeal. I like both these teams. I, I think Joes, I mean – I know they were playing St. Laurent, but I saw the game last week. They they have a good blend, but I just think they need to be more consistent with their uh, play selection on offense mm-hmm. because I think they go deep a lot, yeah, quite a bit. And I think that's where a team can say, you know what, we're going to drop three. Be us underneath if yeah. you can. And I think that's where I want to see them help diversify their play uh, selection and say, you know what, we can mix it up here, and if they can do that piece, I think they become even more lethal on offense. Well, that's that's um, a common thing with new quarterbacks is they want to go for the big strikes often. Um, I agree with you. I think I think uh, especially given what they have in the roster, I want to see more efficiency from uh, Ignacio Valdez Manzanaro. Uh, we haven't seen it just yet, uh, but I do think uh, I do think he'll learn as it's going, and um, I think. Uh, I think we'll see some we'll see some soon from the uh, the new up and coming quarterback. All right, the game that I saw was uh, not much of a game. I thought it'd be a lot more closer in competition, which it wasn't. Space Apes crushing Kings of the North. So the Apes are the Kings of the North as they went thirty nine nothing over uh, the very nice uniforms of Kings of the North. Uh, your boy, and we'll use this last name because you botched it for this one player, uh, Charles Duchesne. Mm-hmm. It's probably his brother. Or cousin, or someone related. Look it up on because um, JF is on this team, so likely they know each other. Uh, what's that? What's that family online tree? Like family tree? What's it called? We can find out. Hey, your ancestors originated um, from ancestry.com. Yes, look it up, please. Really? Yeah, you couldn't get that. Uh, anyway, so uh, you go pay up, for an ancestry account for uh, the Chesney family. Yes, please. If Simon and find out uh, where that name is from because it's very exotic. Yeah, I feel like if I were to look up Mo's uh, family tree, somewhere would just be a bunch of people in a like a. A vat of brains or something. What? Huh? Studying it for complete and utter stupidity. Mm. Mm. I was not going to get that. You need it. Yeah. If you need to explain yeah, you, the you joke, it wasn't. <laughs> I was writing it as I was saying <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. You watched uh, yeah. that with an eagle. You pulled an eagle on that one. All right. So, uh, <laughs> eight, an eagle. so the Apes win this game 39 nothing. This wasn't even close. Uh, this was a game outclassed. I know uh, Danny Ostegi and Philip Osson. So you, you, have, you have Jeff Dallows in Div 6. And he, he has, has one game. catch. <laughs> but he's not even the prime target for this. Like, Terry Bablis had a really good game playing both ways. Yeah. Delos had end zone I and T. And this was no competition at all. I think Kings of the North were, were outclassed in this matchup from start to finish. Is and Guillaume Dagger related to the Chris? Dagger? I believe so because Chris Dagger's friends with JF Delos. Could, could we get a headshot of Guillaume Dagger to see if that is a connection there? If the Dagger runs in the family. Yeah, we can perhaps do a headshot, headshot comparison. No way I can tell. I don't know. I'm not uh, good at this game. Oh, boy. I don't know if he is. Guillaume Dagger, real player or fake player? That's a real player. We're not doing that I mean, this week. Probably the same person. Same family. Well, yeah, Space all, Apes, we want to know. They're all interlinked. Um, so, anyway, th- this was a really good victory for uh, for Space Apes. I, I think that they're in a tight race right now before we hit the quote-unquote bye weekend. 
And I think they need this one more than Kings of the North. And I think Kings of the North will rebound from their uh, Petra putrid. Not if play this way again, man. Like Philosan had less yards than attempts. I don't think I've ever seen that. <laughs> yeah, he got sacked a lot though. He got sacked four uh, times. Four times lost. Yeah, the that's not good. <laughs> like no. that doesn't make it better. No, it, it means you find other ways to not move the ball. No, if you look at the breakdown of team stats here, though, I mean, like uh, 184 total yards to 57. And, they, well, like, Kings, Kings of North ran more plays, which is a good thing. Not necessarily. I mean, like, you try to find positive here, PZ. They also punted three times. That's pretty bad. Yeah, punted three did. times and threw three interceptions. Yeah, they did. It wasn't good. Anyway, uh, Kings of North uh, humbled, and then they have to go back on the drawing board to figure this out because they could have lost this game by 50. Uh, Space Apes had chances in the red zone, couldn't convert when they had to, but a big win for them. Uh, are the games that caught your attention, uh, Peasler? Absolutely, as he loads the tab for 6D. Yeah. I got to start realizing you're wrapping up sooner <laughs> and open the tab. Um, believe the hype beat up on Diablos. Uh, I noticed that. Uh, I believe the hype wins 38 to 12. Uh, now, Diablos, I believe some of the members of the team were um, on vacation. You jumped to 6D, by the way. I yeah, did. as he said, let's go to 6D. Continue. I'm trying You're to. Welcome. The tab's not opening. Fair. There we go. Uh, can you scroll down? Yeah, so you'll, one of the names you'll notice right away, uh, uh, Frank, Francois Martin is not there. Um, and Son, who's usually the quarterback, was not there because they're all on uh, group vacation with Marc-Andre Desaulniers as well. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Louis Bejean was there as well. Um, so you see in this game Alexis Bissette throwing. I don't. I don't remember Alexis Bissett ever having to throw before. Uh, believe the hype are a very athletic team, so you can't you can't give them extra possessions. Alexis Bissett given two, um, and believe the hype just just walked all over them. Um, good game by Jacob Solis. He really seems to turn the corner. He's improved as a quarterback. Uh, he's running a lot less. It was just you just patient and finding his man. And uh, a lot of times that was. Jackson Roy Herbert for long strikes, and we see we see that on the scoreline here. Well, the Soul, Souls Line family lineage is a very prominent football family in Montreal and Quebec, so not surprised by Jacob Souls' production on the football field, going 13-15 for 172 and six TDs. So very impressive by him in the victory. Are the games that caught your attention, Peasley? Peasley? Um, that's weird. I, um, in a much closer game, uh, the what could have been beat the replacements 38-33. Uh, a lot of games we played today, by the way. Yeah, um, who, who's uh, who's scorekeeping the games in uh, the West Island? Right, we should call Simon. We'll see if he's scorekeeping. Uh, we actually got the list this week, so Simon did his job. Oh, did so, he? Yeah. We got uh, Faizan, Dylan, and Noah are currently scorekeeping tonight. So can we call one of these guys up and ask uh, what's going on? I will plan to call them for the 35-plus games. That way we can get a little bit of insight in terms of what's going on. But I'll check in with them for other stuff, too. Yeah. So Frank Tilly Colicelli's... Uh, uh, been playing much better this season, and this is the kind of game like you, you just very effective. He did throw the two interceptions, but was moving the ball well. Uh, Sean Brown's not a guy we know a ton about yet in FPF for what could have been, but what could have been uh, seemed to be a very strong uh, roster. They were just put into 6D because we don't know a lot of the players on the team, uh, but uh, what could have been uh, basically now are um, 4-0 and, 
and Eel, do you know what the the least what's the the least amount of points they've scored in a game so far? The for what could have been? Yeah. But don't look it up. I'm asking you. You don't know. You it's asked me a question. I, I was going to get you, you the... Know? So how am I supposed to know when it's a rhetorical question well, the or question, a lookup question? The question starts with the words, do you know? So do you know? I can find out. Well, so no, the answer is no. If it's Vigo, right. I mean, when do you know? 30, you automatically they have scored uh, no less than 30 points in any game this season. 30 being the lowest against SAFTB uh, last week. So Saturday for the boys. Yeah, we don't know much about them because it's not familiar FPF players, but we're learning about them. Very quickly. And and what makes it even worse, they're playing the Siberia of, of Montreal, Big Durfee and Laval. What? They're playing the Siberia of Montreal, Big yes. Durfee and Laval. So. That's, it's the worst. It's the worst. So. Um, but, you know, Caleb Ferdinand, we know from FPF Junior, he's a stud. Uh, he's he's a big part of this team. But a guy we don't know at all is Regis Kuda. And so far in the season, 16 catches, six touchdowns, 317 yards. Uh, so to have 16 catches and be averaging nearly 20 yards a catch is pretty impressive. So this is a prime candidate for a promotion <coughs> to Division Six playoffs. Perhaps, yeah. Yep. Strong candidacy. But who, who's the one that, that's overseeing the selection committee so we can explain? There's no selection There's committee? There's rules in place in terms of how it works. Perfect. He's wrote an article if you want to. It's available on uh, Flag Plus Football, uh, and you'll see that on our Facebook page as well. It's not that article, but if you click on my name, you'll be able to find that article as well. All right, Nimrod Jim Costco joins us at the top of the hour in about 50 minutes from now, and we'll do Know Your Jacksonville Dragos with them. Let's dive into the uh, topics here. Space Apes, of course, we talked about them. There's uh, the uh, the graphic mode, just to, oh, okay, sorry yeah, to interrupt yeah. you, but just to break down the playoffs. So you see uh, there's teams from Division 6 that are being relegated to the 6D playoffs. And the teams top two seeds of each conference, basically. So conference A, conference You're saying the opposite. I'm saying from 6 to 6D, some teams are relegated. Yes, exactly. Yeah, sorry. Uh, which teams are those? So it would be teams 13 to 16 of Division 6 based on total seedings across all teams. Mm-hmm. Those would be relegated to 6D playoffs. And then the top two teams of each conference in uh, Division 6D get promoted to Division 6. That being said, we are giving you home field advantage when you actually do get transferred over. So you're taking seeds 5 to 8. And the teams that are being relegated are also losing any type of advantage. So they're going to be the away team in seeds nine to twelve. So I'm, uh, I'm, I have mixed feelings about how this has been so far because we saw already a flaw in the system last year. Oh yeah, when uh, Andel Thomas Gordon's team, whose name I'm forgetting at the moment, it was a season of some sort. Uh, went on to win the championship after just they played horribly to start the season, worked their way up into the relegation zone, and, and then and then just smashed everyone in the playoffs. Uh, so look, this is the second year we're trying it. Hopefully, it works out better. If not, we're going to look at other ways that we can look at. It. I think one of the things we need to do is evaluate strength of schedule when doing the promotion relegation as well. Um, and we'll look at that in future seasons for sure. If anyone has any suggestions, by the way, please feel free to reach out to us. We don't pretend to have all the answers. Uh, we're just guys. Simon Dajne does. Uh, well, yeah, but Simon Dajne obviously has no answers. That's why we fired his ass. You can't say that on air. That's why we fired his bleep. self. We do have a few comments in chat right oh, now. Oh, do we? From uh, who? Alexander Bakalani says, Old washed-up finesser spanked the young and cocky ZTs in Division 4B. We will forget. get there. We will get there. Eventually get there. And uh, Nimrod Janikowski says, Might be the only one. Uh, probably referring to something that you said earlier. Jaguars. Jaguars uh, football fan. All right. Um, look, Space Eights, they have Average Joes coming up here. Um, if they were to beat the Average Joes, do we paint them in a different picture that, hey, they could perhaps be one of the favorites? If who would it be the average Joes? Uh, space Apes. Um, 
So I like Space Apes. They 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 have FPF lineage. Uh, you know, they have a couple of guys playing from from the Jaeger Bomb squad. It's a same family tree. They're a team where even if they're, they don't have as much talent as other teams, will learn quickly because of their FPF experience. I think it's a it's a good combination of everything. I think they're one of the front runners, regardless of what they do against uh, 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 against average Joes. I know we overreact, but uh, it, it I never overreact. I only underreact. So like the house is on fire, I'd be like, it's still going to be on fire after lunch. It might be charcoal by the time you're done lunch. Listen, man, I like I like smoked stuff. You do. Give me some brisket. Brisket. I ask you brisket. I, well, I know you 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 don't eat uh, pulled pork. No, I don't. I'm a big pulled pork guy. Um, I love it. But um, if I was out with Mokan and we decided to go to to Bee's Barbecue in Savannah or Atlanta, although the one in Atlanta recently burned down, I hope they they've rebuilt it. Uh, but if we go to Bee's Barbecue, Mo and I would would uh, we'd at least go halvesies on a on a couple of uh, brisket sandwiches. Yeah, we could do that. I've actually cut red meat actually. You cut out red meat. Yeah, so far. So don't go to the south. There's nothing for you. Are there. you trying to spite him? Or? <laughs> no, no, no. no. Uh, okay. To be honest, I've I've cut out a lot too, but not when I go to the south. I'll tell you that much. No, when he would you have like smoked vegetables or like barbecue? Well, chicken. But chicken. Smoked chicken's not as good. Not the same. There's other like nothing beats a pan roasted chicken breast. I love breasts of all types, but pan roasted is amongst my favorite. Very delicious. On top of you know Miami stripper breasts. Of course. South Beach is where we're supposed to be. Uh, okay, look. Uh, so, Space Apes, we both think uh, this game's coming up, I believe, next week. Eagle, if we get the schedule up here for six, uh, Space Apes will take it on Average Joe's, which I believe is next week. Or I, I believe it's after the uh, Yeah, so one thing for people who don't know, because, again, Division 6, there's no games on Super Bowl weekend. So, there's games on Monday, Wednesday, but there's no games Saturday, Sunday, because we all know people are busy not playing football. They're watching it instead. Exactly. That's right. And so, if you don't know, now you, now know. you know. This also start kicks off our Hall of Fame week, so we'll be announcing some more details soon. Oh about yes, that. The three Hall of Famers in this room, by the way. The Warren Down Hall of Fame. That's right. Three, uh, not in the media section, of course, because we're all right. All so w- and Tam is Tam in Hall of Fame? No. Yeah, I think he is. Well, I don't no. believe he is. Check this time. I'm going to check. All right. Look, I know we had the whole promotion relegation for playoffs here, but let's just say argument's sake. If you go to Conference B and Division Six, Eagle, if you don't mind, checking on Tam first. No, he's not in yet. Perfect. Um, I didn't think maybe he was. this year. Perhaps, yes. Uh, okay, look, we we'll go to the Division Six Conference B standings right now. Oh, six. Yeah, as we get the overview of that. Scroll down a little bit. Okay, look. So you have perhaps Macdo who might get into the playoffs as an zero and ten team. Well, no, because they they could get eliminated. Because remember, the, only the top two teams of the conference take the top seeds. And then right. afterwards, we sort the rest from 5 to uh, 20, pretty much. But it's the bottom four that get eliminated. So not necessarily two teams in Conference B, two teams in Conference A. It's a full resort. But let's say MacDill gets in as an 0-10 team. It's possible, yeah. It's possible. They Theoretically, can. they can. They, At the if, moment, if they can. Lamas pajamas lose. Wolfpack lose. Stop whining. Lose. Menace to sobriety. All lose. Well, but and theoretically, at some, but they at could. some point, Lamas pajamas also pay, plays Wolfpack. Menace to sobriety plays. Stop whining. These teams play each other. So yeah. they both. It, it. I don't think it's possible. I don't think it's I'm, actually I'm possible. We have a team that's 4 in this playoffs. I really pray. I pray but I don't understand what's happened, Magdo. I played them in the playoffs like last winter, and they were a good team. Yeah, they didn't play well yesterday. Uh, on Wednesday night, that is. But they haven't all season. And, like, I mean, they're not allowing it on the points. They're just not scoring. No, no. And if you look at it, you can see the uh, 
progression of, from the one seed. I know uh, Petroplan them have had difficulty scoring points, but you see it just going down and down and down. And Mac Doe is not keeping up with the Joneses right now. And right. And I scored at their game. They weren't good two weeks ago. They lost to Shambo, who's been an underperforming team. When you look at, you know, they have Jonathan Perez throwing. They have Jacob Boydman, Ari Vazov. Like, it's a good team who's just not been playing well. In this game... They, they get away with a win by, by literally just shutting down McDonough in the second half. I was going to say, Shambo has almost the same number of points for and points against, yet are 2-2 two and two and McDonough's own four. Shambo's got a good squad, though. It is. They do have, a good, they have some really sneaky, under-the-radar guys who are, who are good, quick, and, and they tackle well. Yeah. Like, I mean, the flag well. I don't want to use the term tackle and give off the wrong impression to tackle football well, league. But the, the stat is tackle. Plucky. Plucky, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, look, Trailer Park Boys, uh, can we get the picture of the Trailer Park Boys, please, if you don't mind? Uh, they are in fourth place. Uh, a fine, young-looking squad over here of eight men who uh, are from Sunnyvale, lovely East Coast Canada. Who looks like, from this team, the cast of characters from Trailer Park Boys? Yeah, who's your bubbles? Uh, well... It's it's tough because they're far too attractive. They need they need. I got the Ricky though. They need to consume more. Oh yeah, the Rickies are obvious. Yeah, the Rickies are obvious. What's yeah. that dude's name? Eagle, the guy bottom right on yeah, his bottom knee. Right, yeah, uh, right knee down. Get uh, get get that dude a flame shirt. Yeah, please a Hawaiian flame shirt. Like uh, doesn't uh, what's his face to have a whole, a whole bunch of Hawaiian shirts? That's Brad Evans. Brad, Brad Evans. Evans yes, you need to borrow please. some of your Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, get one to this dude. Uh, also, he needs a driveway made of hash. Uh, we can arrange for that. Um, he's in the right I'm, city. I'm literally going through every single player on the roster. Yeah, he's, he's not there. That's our Ricky right there. Who, who's our uh, Antoine? If you're if you're watching, uh, you got to follow up. Who's our, Jim, who's our Jim Leahy? Jim Leahy. I think the, guy passed, in the, middle. the actor top, passed away. By the top, way, top. Yeah, I know. Ray may God rest his soul. Uh, top uh, row third. I'm third just going to name random guys. Uh, Mark Etienne Simard. Yeah, he's he's the Leahy. That sounds like a Jim Leahy. Yeah, yeah, just based on name. And look at his picture on the site. Yeah, there is a real Jim Leahy right there. So, unfortunately, it reminds me of the fact that uh, the actor played Jim Leahy is John Dunsworth, and he passed away. He was phenomenal as an actor. All right, so look, let's look at the team as a whole. I Uh, can't tell you who that is. It's one of the no-name picture guys. Antoine Meunier, please fill us. uh, Please fill us in with uh, your choices for your Ricky, Julian, and Bubbles from Trailer Park Boys. All right, look at the roster. Look at the 3-1 right now, fourth place in their division. Um, we haven't talked much yet about uh, Trailer Park Boys, but uh, so far, I mean, like, they've won some close games. They've had some easy ones against Menace to Society, but uh, you look at their schedule coming up ahead here, Pease. Potatoes, Refrigerator's been much better. Master Coins have been uh, a good team. I saw them play last week here. So they do have some tough games on their schedule, but with six to go, and I believe that 3-1, and one, I think seven could be doable for them as seven wins. I think so. I like Trailer Park, Park Boys a lot. They do something that in low divisions isn't seen often. They play very aggressive in the flats. They play defense. They play defense, <laughs> yeah. But they play very aggressive in the flats. Uh, a lot of division, oh, and they have a- they have athletes that can play safety. So what happens is uh, quarterbacks that aren't skilled play callers will struggle throwing against them in the flats, and then they'll air out uh, deep passes because that's the instinct that a lot of Division Six quarterbacks have, and it leads to turnovers. Uh, their their defense is tall. Their defense is quick. Um, they have six sacks already by Will Richard, who's a very very good rusher. But a lot of that has to do with the fact that they take away a lot in the flats early, and they're a team already that's that's combined for seven interceptions so far in the season. Well, you know what? Uh, their last game of the year, Week Ten on March 11th, will be against uh, Space Apes, and that will be uh, 
That could be for a playoff seeding, a higher ranking seeding in the playoffs, where they, wherever they land yeah. in the whole process right now. Uh, Nimrod Drakowski will join us in a couple minutes from now here on uh, Call of the Audible. Uh, look, 6D quickly here because I want to talk about seventh rounders. Yeah, mm-hmm. Nimrod's going to come on. Uh, seventh rounders. Uh, they are actually related to um, space apes uh, with a couple of connections over there. Cause oh, they they're were, from the, the, the cloning grounds that Jaeger brought them from? Yeah. Are, are they a first-round talent team? Because people are uh, some guys are high on seventh round, seventh round as being a legitimate threat in the sixth playoffs coming up. Well, in, uh, um, they've played three games uh, just like they had. They've this won point all of them with no points against? They have, they have allowed no points. So, yeah, they're good. <laughs> they're really good. Now, the teams they've played against so far, Saturdays for the boys, Buccaneers. much better now. Uh, here for the beer. Three of the weaker teams. Goon Squad, again, a struggling team. Lionhearts will probably be their first test, and they face what could have been in in Week 7. I, I don't trust Lionhearts, though. Since the change in quarterback, it's just not the same team. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. They, they missed that brave heart in them. I don't really know what their plan is, but they seem to have one, and they're trusting it. So They're missing that. Uh... They need their Mel Gibson pre-racist remarks. Yeah, mm. yeah, they're missing the uh, well, like these, like England separated from the EU, right? The UK, so they're missing that man. So anyway, we'll see what happens with that down the road. Uh, look, uh, other things here. Buccaneers, they found their footing. They they've won two in a row. A much improved team from where they were two weeks ago when I saw them play. Uh, could that carry for them though for Buccaneers? Because a young team learning how to play. This is a, a team that had three guys with pockets mm-hmm. in their loss in their opening game here. But Buccaneers uh, look like a much better, much improved team. Perhaps they figured out. So they beat here for the beer. Here for the beer aren't the same level of athletes as uh, Buccaneers. I'm proud of them for getting their first win. It's awesome. They have a ton of speed. They have a ton of talent. They need someone to tell them how to play FPF because they just a lot of times don't really know what they're doing. The play calling is not great. They're going to win games where they have by far the best athletes. Last two weeks, saw, saw them facing off against Mountain Goats and here for the beer. Uh, so the, the first one, actually, sorry, was against Mountain Goats. I misread the, the score sheet. But those are, those are teams they should beat just because they have the better athletes. Uh, that's not going to be the case for the next uh, two, two to three weeks as they face Lee Stud, what could have been in Goon Squad. Well, look, they, they go uh, one more ahead, Barry, and they have Fabino Laval. Let's welcome in uh, Nimrod and Jankowski. Nimrod, good evening. How you been, sir? Hey. Hey, Nim. How's it going, guys? Not bad. So, Nimrod, can you just get the proper pronunciation of your last name, please? Jankowski. Uh, Jankowski, okay. I like Jankowski better, though. Hmm. It's like Jankowski. Uh, whatever works for you guys. Which right. one do you like least? <laughs> <laughs> the one that P says. I say Jankowski, so you don't like your own name? <laughs> no. What's wrong with you? I like it when people butcher it. All right. Does, so, that, does that motivate you, I guess? Does that fuel you to prove everyone wrong in the football field? Is that what it is? Doesn't take much, but yeah. So here's the question. The first question I have for you, it's a great question. It's probably the best question in the history of questions as far as I'm concerned. Um, <laughs> the, I think the thing everyone's asking themselves, which is the same thing I've always asked myself, is who is this guy? Because I've never heard of him. You serious? Fair enough. Um, well, new to Montreal, moved here from Ontario two years ago. Uh, I've been playing football since I was 18 in flag, touch, high school football. I love the game, love flag football. And the people that know me, though, are people that play against me, 100%, because they remember that. 
And uh, I just love to have fun, man. I, I leave it all on the field. You, you guys know I play with a lot of emotion. I don't hold back. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. You get, all, you get all of me every time I get on the field. The um, I am teasing, of course. Nim, you've also done some coaching for us in FPF Junior. Uh, you've been play, you've played now. It's I think probably your your third or fourth season in FPF. Uh, it's cool that you enjoy the league the way you do. It makes it easier for guys like me and Mo to do what we do when guys are passionate. Um, and again, I being the fa- like I've coached FPF Junior. I, I know what it's like. Um, so the fact that you're willing to, to give up some of your time to do that is absolutely amazing, and it's truly appreciated. Oh, not a problem. I, I, love, I love it, man. I mean, um, I love coaching. I love being around the game. Um, my oldest son, I have five kids. Yeah. So my, old, my oldest son is, is, is playing in FPF Junior, and I just I, that's my time with him kind of thing to bond. And just the progression that all the kids have made on our team from the beginning of the year to now is just unbelievable. And just love to see that kind of progression. So, Nim, um, we were talking earlier about uh, your game this week with the replacements versus what could have beens. Um, we're just saying about, you know, they're, they're a team that's getting better week in, week out. Uh, what's going on with you guys, though? Because you went off to a really crazy start, you know, putting up 53, for example, against uh, Saturdays for the Boys. And then you dropped two in a row here. So what's, what's missing to try and get you over that winning hump? Uh, right now, we're just trying to figure things. Scoring points has not been a problem for us. Uh, we've been we've been filling the stat sheet, um, as you guys can see. Frank's leading the the six D in passing yards, so it's not it's not about moving the ball on offense. It's about getting the stops on defense when we need to. Um, yesterday was a great game. Again, it came down to pretty much the wire. Um, we gave up a touchdown late in the game, where you know we we defense the pass in the end zone and we knocked it down, but. We knocked it to one of their players who caught it in the end zone for the goal for a two-score lead, and yeah. I mean that kind of took the sales out of us. Yeah, when you, when you look at, I know we're only four games through, so there's six games left. But now we, we look at this being the turning point of the year, right, midway point of the season. Right. When you look at this right now, is there a team that you fear or you worry about? Saying, man, they might give us fits at some point on our schedule as we move along towards the month of February. I got to be honest, I don't know too many of the teams in 60 because there's a lot of new teams, a lot of new faces. Um, I mean, from, from what we played right now, the, the most athletic team we played are the team we played yesterday. Uh, those guys are just freaks. Uh, you know, they're great talent. They're young. Um, they got height. They got speed. They got everything you're looking for to have a dominant team. And I think they're going to they're gonna cause some noise going down the stretch. And they'll probably, they'll probably end up in Division Six in the playoffs. And even they're challenge for the for the championship um but other than that i mean we're not afraid to step on the field with anybody uh we can hang with anybody we've shown that we can put up points against anybody uh it's just our defense that we got locked down and, and frankly right now from what i know of the teams that are coming up on our schedule there's nobody that strikes fear in us so then do you think that you guys are worthy of being in the, in the div six playoffs once the season's all said and done we have to let that play out i mean we have to earn that spot um Right now, the last two games, you know, we've been close, but I haven't gotten over the hump. So it's about making the adjustments that we need to to be able to to get over that hump and stay and finish off close games instead of losing close games. Um, and it's going to come down to the last six games. We'll do our best to do what we can do and let the cards fall where they will. Uh, but wherever we do end up, uh, you know, nobody's going to want to face us. I'll tell you that much. Uh, Nim, you've you've uh, in the time you've been in FPF, you've played with uh, some pretty good quarterbacks, some, some newer. And, and, and developing quarterbacks, like when you played uh, with Tropic Thunder, uh, and then you played with some established quarterbacks, like you played with the J- 
Jason Rossi, uh, just sorry, Jordan Rossi uh, in Smoking Axles. And uh, in the tournament, you actually played with uh, Stephen Harprasad, who's one of uh, he's becoming to one of the more established quarterbacks in FPF. Uh, what's it been like to have a different kind of role, a more um, perhaps a bit of a teaching role now that you're playing with, let's say, a, you know, a guy like Frank Tiolicolatrello, who's still developing as an FPF quarterback. Uh, it's been amazing. I mean, just being able to play with all these different personalities and they all have their own personalities and the, each of them have their own go-to kind of game uh, that they're really good at. And just to see the progression, even in, uh, from Tropic Thunder, Tyler, uh, he's come a long way. I mean, I remember even last year when we played together at the beginning of the year, it was really rocky. And he just saw progression even throughout that year. And now he's carried it through this season. And it's just, uh, you know, I'm really proud of the guy. He's, uh, he's put in work and you can tell. Um, mind you, if we played him in the playoffs, we're going to shut him down. But that's besides the point. Um, in regards to Jason Rossi, he's, uh, he's obviously an established quarterback. He's, he's one of the top guys in the league uh, at that position with his feet and his arm. And um, he, he's, he's a character to play with, absolutely. Me and him butt heads a lot. But that's just both of our fiery personalities. Frank, Frank's come a long way. From what I know from last year, they had a trouble putting points on the board uh, with the replacements. Uh, glad to see that that's changed this year. And that's got a lot to do with his decision-making. Uh, he's been making the right reads. Uh, he's learned to look off uh, receivers, which have caused a lot of uh, mismatches and a lot of open guys uh, easily making catches. Um, but just playing with everybody, that, I, I'm kind of like a football whore, to be honest with you. I love moving around to different teams just to see, uh, play with different players, meet new people. Cause, like I said, I'm new to Montreal. So, um, you know, um, it's hard for me to say that, you know, I, I, I work from home. I have my own business, so I don't go out to an office where I can meet What's people. What's your business? Uh, I do legal transcription work for uh, Ontario, for Ontario courthouses and stuff. Cool. So if you get a DUI in uh, Ontario, Ontario, know that Nim is going to know all about your business. <laughs> yeah, so absolutely. So you're like the littlest hobo then? <laughs> what? Pretty much, yeah. Like, I mean, honestly, I, like, uh, I, I want to play with all sorts of different players. I want to ah, get to know everybody. And uh, <laughs> I just love the variety. So, so Nim, I know you were talking about uh, not like that, not like that. So, uh, you were playing. uh, You mentioned Jason Rossi before. So, you're actually going to be having a game in 20 minutes from now with pacemakers in 35 plus. You guys are playing the MTL Spitfire. Um, So, I kind of wanted to get your your feel in terms of how 35 plus is at because every week we've been trying to get Simo on the phone to kind of give us a breakdown of what's going on, but he's unavailable. So what does 35 plus, I guess, what's the big differences for you? Or what are you seeing in different trends or just the people you're playing with? Like, what's, the, what's it like? Man, honestly, I, I know you guys like to throw shade on 35 plus, but man, it is I really don't. I it's just mo. Yeah, you guys I do. do. All the time. All I the time. Do. I never do. I it's the I, opposite. I no, no, no. I said, first of all, the only thing I said is, Kirk and Division, you have trash names. Um, but I've actually said I've been impressed with the, the quarterback play specifically in 35 plus. Plus. At the end of the day, everybody, everybody, everybody's a baller in thirty-five plus. Like you look at six D, who leads the who leads the league in touchdowns? Two thirty-five plus over guys, me and uh, Rob. I mean, there's talent all over the field um, when it comes to thirty-five plus. So uh, age has nothing to do with it. We played the, the young kids yesterday, and after guys, after guys, how we played. You know what I mean? Like it's not about just athleticism. It's about your knowledge of the game and route running and all that stuff, knowing how to get open. And ballers, 35 plus is filled with those guys. Ballers indeed, but are the ballers affected by gravity? Because 35 plus. Yeah. Old guys. Yeah. <laughs> sure. um, In some so, situations, yes, absolutely. Nim, I don't know if you know this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to let you and the rest of the world know that you and I are part of the same club. 
I don't know. Oh, yeah? I don't know if you know this. We did the club that we were both a part of is Dollar Shave Club. It, no, well, no, no longer. I got a safety razor. It's beautiful, sterling silver. Um, but uh, the club that Nim and I are part of is my God. We the, the my God. We married women that are far too attractive for us. Club. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, we married oh. up. Good job. By the way, high five. You're not here, but high five. Straight up high five. I got five. you. I got you. I got you. Oh, hundred uh, percent. My wife is beautiful. Love her to death. Superwoman, super mom. I mean, how, how else can I play football with five kids at home? You know what I mean? So, you guys so, are saying uh, that. Su- super supportive. So, you're saying the wives are the Jimmy G's to you guys being the uh, Tennessee Titans offense then? Right I, now, pretty much. Yes. I don't even know what that was, but yeah. Good, good job answering them. So, who do you think <laughs> is the bigger supporter? Your wife to you or you to the Jaguars? My wife to me. So your fandom is not that amazing. Yeah, you're, not, you're a great yeah, fan. Yeah, you should like, maybe yeah, take a lesson from your yeah, wife, dude. Exactly. You know, you yeah, yeah. B- bottom line is, I go home. I go home to her, not to the Jaguars. So I got. I got to pick my poison. Point. You, you might have to go to London for the Jaguars. Starting. It's better than going to Jacksonville, though. So I'd rather go to London than Jacksonville. All right. All right. Let's do the know your Jacksonville Jaguars with Nim Janikowski. Ego, by chance, last second, do we can we get the game show theme music in the background? Or is that legally not allowed in this? <laughs> I can probably find one. Okay, get the game show. We'll get this up running here. We'll wait in silence. We wait in silence as we will get Eagle to get the uh, game show theme song going on here. As we will do, I uh, know your Jacksonville Jaguars. PZ, would you, would you like to partake in this as well? Uh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So I, I don't know if you're watching them, but he can't see my screen. I can. So I'll ask the questions okay. to you and PZ. And uh, I'll have you answer first because you are the actual Jaguar fan. PZ is a fan to the team down the uh, I-95, the Miami Dolphins. A team with actual history. Exactly. Not much, though. Oh, but <laughs> perfect season, bro. And just, just to give you guys a heads up, I am not, I'm not on Google. I'm not going to be researching. I'm, I'm that's okay off because the cluster, you so won't have much time to answer. Okay, so okay, we, we condone go. cheating here on uh, Calling the Audible. Question number one. Who... Does the Jaguars have the best win percentage against? Which NFL team do they have the best win percentage against? Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm okay. I'm going to go with a team they don't play a ton against. It is the Buffalo Bills. Incorrect, gentlemen. It is the Cleveland Browns with a 706 win percentage. The Buffalo Bills at 400. The Steelers at 500. So So technically, Nim wins. Well, I win because he beat peas. Well, yeah. Well, no, but it was was it more wins or most percentage? Uh, win, win percentage. Win percentage. Okay. Yeah, win percentage. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to the next topic to joy here. Uh, we will do uh, career leaders. So we're talking about career leaders in Jaguar history. So the question I have for you, gentlemen, is this: After Fred Taylor and after Maurice Jones Drew, who is the third running back on Jaguar history for most yards in a career? Third most yards in a career for a Jacksonville Jaguars. James Stewart. I'm actually going to agree with James Stewart. Correct. <laughs> Both of you guys are correct. That's, that's All right. Yeah. Way to, uh, way to get on the wagon there. Way to get on the wagon. All right. Okay. So one for two. Not bad, gentlemen. Not bad. Not bad at all. All right, gentlemen. Let's move on to the uh, next question here as we do know your Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the player who has the most points scored in Jacksonville Jaguar history. So the mo- player who has the most points scored as a Jaguar is who? Josh Colby. Uh, I'm going to go Mark Brunel. Nimrod is on fire. Two for yeah. two in the last two questions. I was going to guess the kicker. I don't know if Josh Colby was a kicker, uh, but also I don't know any kickers. So <laughs> I just went Mark Brunel. <laughs> Maybe he was field goal kicker at one point. 
right, last question. <laughs> last question for New York Jacksonville Jaguars. Rob Johnson, who backed up Mark Brunel as a Jaguar quarterback, had his one great game and got traded to the Buffalo Bills. The Bills gave up their first-round pick. Who was that first-round pick? Oof. In 1998. Oh, you guys are breaking up. 1998. 1998, they drafted Eric Moulds. No, no, Jaguars. The Jaguars. The Jaguars did not draft Eric Moulds. No, no. 1998, uh, the Jaguars drafted Maurice Jones-Drew. I don't know, man. I'm guessing. I'm obviously guessing. I I missed the question because you guys cut out for a second there. So... Who, the, the, who was the, the Jacksonville Jaguars' first pick in 1998? That they got from the Buffalo Bills for Rob Johnson. In 1998, first yes. pick? Yes. Tony Boselli. Oh, I'm sorry. Better luck next time. Fred Taylor. Oh, Fred Taylor. Fred Taylor. Ah, yes. Tony Boselli was earlier. Was that, so right? Tony Boselli was uh, their first ever pick in Jaguar history. Before we wrap right. this up, uh, Ryan Dobbs is in chat saying, I'm still waiting for my one versus one, Nim. So you have a challenger going on. Anytime. Anytime. We'll do Ryan, trivia with these guys on it. Uh, you guys on a date. Come by. Get some seafood dinner. Oh, of course. All right, Nim, <laughs> listen, we, we, I know you got a game coming up here, so we won't keep you too long here. But thanks so much for joining us here on Calling the Audible. Uh, a pleasure. And uh, look forward to seeing you at Wembley Stadium when the Jaguars play their home games in London in like 2024. <laughs> Hey, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for having me on. It's uh, one of my lifelong dreams and one of my bucket lists is done. Thanks a lot. Oh, boy. Not much of a bucket you need, list. You need a better bucket list. I'll upgrade it. But then again, I'll see, like, I get it, though. I get it because, again, being part of the same club, once you marry up like that, your bucket list is pretty easy. There you go. Yeah, everything else <laughs> is just gravy. Have a good night. Good luck to in your game tonight, Nim. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. All right. Nimrod Janikowski joined us here. Uh, not he, bad. He was. Uh, what, he How could you not pronounce the name? It's it's exactly as it's spelled. I know. <laughs> I you literally pronounce all the letters going across. I know. Of course. Um. Yeah, that no, was good. I enjoyed that. Eagle. Where are my cannolis? Uh, I came back from Seattle and I didn't have time to go get them. I'm sorry. Where are my cannolis that I can't? You can't eat them anyways. But I want. You, I want to hit your pocketbook. I don't care. I don't, don't care you, about the you're cannolis. Get your goddamn cannolis, okay? They're what? coming. They're okay. Oh, they're coming. All right, so uh, we're doing Div 3 now, I guess, yeah. Eagles. All right, so let's dive into Div 3 and uh, get into that uh, division that we are going to cover now as we have, what, about 20 minutes left in the show? Oh. Hour number one, give or take. All right, so Div 3, uh, Pease, as I like to buy myself time and get the page loaded up here for Div 3 and so games that we saw. Let's, let's start with what was the game of the week. Um, Was it? My, my Lord, wait Jager a second. Bomb. Yeah, that's the one. No, but what was the game that was... Game of the week was Jager Bomb, my Lord? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. I thought it was Lebrun. Yeah, but they're not Division 3. Are they? Lebrun are Division 3. Hold on. Oh, I saw I saw a really good game, though. Junkyard Dogs, Backyard Bullies, if you want to start with that Hold one. Hold on. I'm gonna oh, no, that was from last week. Yeah. Uh, it's a week three game. Yes, yes, because game of the week comes out a week later. Just quickly, we'll touch on this really quickly. Last play of the game... Uh, we saw a player from Lavrem sort of make a play, like not even try to make a tackle, just lower his shoulder uh, and basically just uh, miss the face of Ludwig uh, Gen- Genanji oh with, a, with a shoulder. Uh, Michael, dirty play? Dirty he, play. Yeah, and Ludwig's not a guy that's very nice. He no, but Ludwig d- was not in the wrong. No, I'm he, saying that he'd get very upset. Like, he'd be very. Well, I understand him getting upset when a guy tries to take a shoulder to my face. Yeah, of course. Not good. We're going we're gonna to see the play right here. Ready? Right. Oh, man. 
Oh, man, did he set him up, man. He hadn't lined up, boy. Look at that. If you move the autoplay back. Yeah, it's, uh, hold on. Let me slow this down for you so you can really, like, see it. So here. Wait, wait, wait for it. Check. The slow motion's always the best. Yeah, it's caught. Oh, man, that's ugly, bro. Look at that. Coming up here now, he lowers, and I think he realized, like, oh, bleep, this ain't tackle, and he tried to stand his ground, and uh, Luke went right, went right by him. I mean, well, so luckily no one got hurt, no. but that's a dirty play. There's no need for that. No. Just no. pull the flag, guy. It's yeah. flag football. Relax. All right, so the game that I saw. Oh. That's right. Uh Easy Jake Oven against Trinity. Um, this was a 36-28 to 28 victory by Trinity over Easy Jake Oven. And uh, Jake Applebaum had a terrible game. I am sorry to say that, but it was an awful game. Uh, it was weird. Like, he ran the same play over and over again. He ran the same play three three times in a row. And it was like Trinity knew what exactly he was doing. What was the play? Uh, deep into uh, Dondre Borden three times in a row. And then they reversed it to go from the right to the left side in. And the same thing. Got stopped. But Nick Jean-Jean Valet, no answer for him. He had a monster game on both sides of the football. Uh, Applebaum, a lot of drop balls by ECJ Govan. Trinity really capitalized on the mistakes, and they didn't look back. They had a comfortable lead, and pretty much you can ask anyone in ECJ Govan, this was probably one of their worst performances as a unit. And you can sort of see a frustration being built up because they were kind of lax in their huddles and trying to catch up. And some guys on the sideline saying, listen, let's push the pace up here. And guys are, whoa, shut the bleep up. Let's just focus on what we can do now and try to rush things moving forward. So a big win for Trinity, a big loss for Easy Jake Oven. So what's interesting about this this Trinity roster is it's not at all what we've come to know as Trinity. No. Uh, adding Nic Nicolas Jean-Travallet and Marc-André Lapointe, uh, Alexis Gaumont as well. Like it's, it's a... It's a good roster. Like, there's some really good players on here, um, and we see that that's helping with the development of uh, Jean-Felix Marquis. Um, so I'm happy to see that it's he's surrounded himself with talent that's apt for the division. Well, by the way, big uh, injury update in this game here. Alex Sampson took a, a, a not, not a dirty play. Him and Andrew Langberg kind of collided down the sidelines, and Sampson took a severe gash underneath his eye. And so I think he had to go to the hospital. We gave him like a bit of gauze, and he looked like the mummy afterwards. Oof, that's, tough. that's tough. That's tough. Uh, Junkyard Dogs, uh, Backyard Bullets, a really good game. This is a fun game. I hope they reconnect in the playoffs here. Uh, dogs win by 20. Uh, this game was a, a, a quite the unique situation here. The Dogs jumped out to a two-score lead. Bullets came back, and essentially they had a chance to go up in this football game, but uh, Rich Hughes threw a pick six in the end zone. Of the Junkyard Dogs, and they returned it back for six points, and they never looked back here. Even though Jason Rossi did not have a good game passing, that Dogs defense played phenomenal. Paul Lapierre really had everyone going. And there's this one kid on the Junkyard Dogs, gentlemen, who is really good for this team, Ciel Vachon. This kid is incredible. Well, I was going to say, uh, there was two pick sixes in the game. Sean Samarjan brought one back, yes, and uh, Ciel Vachon game. was the other one. Yeah, that's at the end of the game. Yeah. But you know what? The trash talk with the Warriors Samarjan and Sean Samarjan with the... Backyard Bullies was nonstop, and I hope, fingers crossed, they do meet up at some point in the playoffs if that's going to be feasible for that to happen because this was a good football game, even though the scoreline is not indicative of how close it was for probably about 65% of the game. Uh, I saw a bit of Martin Laflag uh, against Lonzo Ballers. 
Um, Martin Leflag are a really good team that um, have just had a tough schedule to start the season. Um, Jared Taylor was all over the place. Uh, Quay Johnson throwing in place of um, his dad, who is not uh, Lonnie Johnson, who is not at this game. Um, and again, whenever you see situations like that, as talented as Quaid, it, it can, you know he's super versatile and he can play at quarterback. You also lose him as a receiver, and you know it get weakened. Uh, it's just not the same team. Uh, Raf Dagenet threw one of the touchdowns um, on a forty-yard forty-yard bomb, but yeah, like so, it just seemed as though with Quaid throwing, uh, the only guy they can really go to comfortably was Jerry Taylor, and they did that. Uh, as often as they could. It was not enough to get by. Martin Leflag, Justin Dion had no, there was no answer for him four touchdowns this game. All right, so who do you have more sustainable, uh, who do you have more confidence in their success this year for uh, to be sustainable? KGP or Trinity this year? Um, So I feel like every season we started off talking about the flaws with uh, with Phil Cutler. And um, he always proves us wrong by season's end. That said, I you know I talked about it earlier with the with the roster construction of um, of uh, Trinity, and I actually like Trinity a lot. I think JF Marquis is better than he gets credit for, and he's surrounded himself with a legitimate uh, a roster full of players that help them be legitimate contenders moving forward. I think Trinity has a, a good base. You got to slap the base, man. You got to slap the base. You can't have a foundation, a nice foundation. A very nice foundation. You got to slap the foundation. Jean-Dore Valet, I think, is a difference for this team. Oh, he's a monster. And you saw what he did for Vikings or Thundercats before. I mean, I can even go on a personal level and see, see what he did for Moose back when yeah. he played for Moose. Yeah. Uh, he's a former teammate of mine. Nick's great, man. Like, he... He he would do stuff like run the wrong route, be at the wrong spot, and then be able just with his athleticism to break back to the spot he's supposed to be at and get there in time to catch the ball. Like he's he's just a, a phenomenal, phenomenal receiver. He doesn't look like a football player. No, but he was he was a, a top tier seizure receiver. Yeah, that's right. Um that's right. who then didn't go on to play CIS. No, smart move by him. Yeah, but he uh but at the time, he was like the next big thing in CJEP, right? Like he was, he was really, really good. Yeah. So it's not surprising at all. I think he'll make a huge difference for Trinity. I think KGP, we kind of know their ceiling a little bit here with what the R's. Well, like. Yeah, but again, what if, what if Cutler goes and throws, you know, like uh, 17 touchdowns over the next three games? Yeah, he could thunderbolt his way through and, and destroy teams, right? But the thing is, do we think it's, is, is it sustainable for KGP to be better than what they are right now? I don't think so. And we saw Trinity beat KGP last week. The thing is, is that, again, it, it's every time it never looks like KGP can do much. The roster's question marks and can Cutler do it? And then he always pulls something up by season's end where the team just is clicking at the end of the season. Yeah. So that wouldn't surprise me either. Of the two, my pick is Trinity. But I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm wrong at the end of this. So I'm hedging my bet. That in the business is called I Said Nothing. All right, perfect. Uh, Commissioner, they found the perfect recipe now with what they have as a roster. It's an ever-changing <laughs> roster. I was going to uh, say, it's, it might be an answer for one season. Yeah, we'll get the roster out here for commissioning. But, uh, like, they have their quarterback. I mean, Korowalowski is definitely a, a better upgrade for them than the likes of Chris Olsen and Mike Mandel. Uh, I wish we could have, like, a list of, like, 
quarterbacks or commissioners. It, it would look like the Dolphins quarterbacks. Yeah, or, or the Cleveland Browns, right? But, but I mean, look, they, they, they have a good core now. McMahon, Bakken has put together a good roster with him. Angelo Morilatos is pretty solid. Kevin Donnett, very good. Keyshawn Myers, if he's going to be a full-season guy, looks like he will. Uh, they have and so, uh, Samir Dahab, who's played tackle football himself, they've put together a, a good roster. Can it all work? That's the key for this team right now. Well, the key is Corey Woloski, in my opinion. And um, I was talking to Corey today as I wrote an article. Uh, one of the things I highlighted was his play this week. And he messaged me to say to thank me for the things I said. I was like, dude, I'm, I'm not saying anything that isn't true. There's not there's not many players who I've seen develop as quickly as Corey Woloski in the short time. He was an average Division Five quarterback, and right now he he looks like he belongs in Div Three, and he looks like he might soon be too good for Division Three. He's uh he has a great arm, great play caller, great de- very decisive decision maker, which is what you need at the next level because of how fast the athletes are. Um, I like it. I don't know how long the commission could keep Corey Wolowski in Division Three. It's like that. You try to hold on to that free agent, right? It's that. Can he keep that guy on that roster? And well, just because, like, can the commission compete with this roster in Division Two? No. No. But no. can they keep Corey Wolowski playing in Division Three? Maybe. Like, he's playing three and four right now. So, next season, I would imagine he's, he'll probably be Division C and he'll be locked to Division Three likely. Uh, by next winter, yeah, and then so then are we just a winter like in two two winter seasons from now will Koyalowski be a Division two quarterback based on his performance? So based far? on the trajectory he's going, yes, you will. It looks but, it looks to be the case in my, but will in he my be opinion. The, will he be the commission quarterback in two years from now or two winters from now? Well, I'm not look, sure. Look, if you're if you're Brett Botkin, keep him signed as long as you have him. Division yeah, three, yeah, division make C him sign so like on. a napkin. Oh, listen, you sign your soul to our to our roster yeah. for the next two, three, four years. I'll look at the schedule for the commission here quickly, uh, Eagle. Uh, we look. They should handle the crew. Lonzo Ball should be a win. I think their last four is going to be really tough. Keyport Lock. So, but you you say that, but I don't think they're worse than Keyport Lock or Bearskins. I feel like that they're those three teams are kind of the same, right? Like I can see them splitting those games because they're not. Worse than keyboard locked, and not much better if they're better. They're about the same. They're about the same as Bearskins. Teams that could be very good one week and teams that could struggle another week. You know. But I, I, the reason I see the last four is because I think Bearskins will be in a, a dogfight for eight or lo- one last playoff spots in, in Div C and Div Three. I beg your pardon. Malud's always tough, and the last two games will be tough. Malud, Malud, and Martin Left Flag. Then Malud are probably the most talented roster, even though they're not playing up to necessarily their standard at this point. But um, are my, in my opinion, the most talented roster in Division Three, And Martin Leflag is, is nothing to, to sneeze at. They're no, just fun, athletic football. Absolutely. And I think, look, six games left, I think they can go four and two, which would be a great number because I think they're two, one, and one, if I yeah. stand correct on that, though. So it's four and two, they'd be seven. Six. Six, six three, three one. one, which would be good. I think that'd be good enough for a four, if not yeah. five spot at that point. So, like, I think um, so too. Brotherhood, should we be concerned because they've only averaged 23.5 points per game? If you look at the uh, standings right now for points four, this is a rare, like, anomaly. Uh, mis- like, when you look at it, like a situation that it is right now, they have, I believe, 95 points. Well, so I, I haven't talked to Theo J about this, but I feel like he's made a, he's come to an understanding that. In order for him to play his most effective style, he can't 
he, he's not Marco Masiotra, right? Who he's no, played with for years no. and years. He's not a guy who can push the pace and be efficient and not make mistakes at this point in his development. So he, was, he tried to do that to start. It was decently successful. He's been incredibly successful by slowing things down and being very patient. Uh, that said, any team that doesn't, score 30, that doesn't score 30 points regularly in the regular season worries me heading to the playoffs. Um, Brotherhood may, might be one of those teams that's matchup dependent because I don't think you can ride your defense through the playoffs completely. I think at some point you're going to be challenged by someone who's going to put up 30 points against you. But, you know, they have the horsepower to put up 30. What, sorry? They oh, have the horse, horse paradox? Power. Well, no, uh, uh, Brotherhood, they have the horsepower to put up 30 What's points. What's a horse paradox? Eagle, find out what a horse paradox is. Please. They have the horsepower to do it, but... Horsepower, got yeah. it. Nice. <laughs> but I, it's an actual thing. What is it? The horse paradox is a falsidical paradox. Falsidical? F-A-L-S-I-D-I-C-A-L. Falsidical. Falsidical paradox that arises from flawed demonstrations which purport to use mathematical induction of the statement, all horses are the same color. There is no actual contradiction, as these arguments have a critical flaw that makes them incorrect. This example was originally raised by George Pulia in the 1954 book, In Different Terms. Are any N numbers equal, or any N girls have eyes of the same color, as an exercise in mathematical induction? There we go. All right. They have horse the horse paradox. Power. Now you know. And what I'm trying to figure out for this team, though, is that if Theo's going to take the next step as a quarterback, and I think he's shown signs of it, I think it's going to be the short game that's going to make him the better quarterback because he always buys his time as he uh, hops around and goes for the, for the deep ball. He has game breakers, but I think the short game is going to be imperative for him to take that next step. But we're already seeing that. We're already seeing him uh, not take as many shots and, 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 again, slow down the pace of, of the game. I think the next step is for, is for him to just be a little bit more decisive and not have to rely on his feet as often as he does. Our last question of the day here, please. As For Division three, uh, We three. have two more shows after this. I know. We have two more hours of this. Unreal. The better receiver right now Give me. in Div 3. Give me. Raul Baruti or Dave Chidiat? So Dave Chidiat has the, the cred of playing for Rainmakers for all those years Division 1. Raul Baruti is a relative. Well, Michael Chidiat. Dave didn't play that many years. He didn't? He had like one season. Oh, but he, but he played Division 1 though. A cameo appearance. Yeah. Still good. Look, he's good enough that he was, you know, an effective receiver for Rainmakers. Um, the I'm not going to lie, though. I did confuse them That's based okay. on name. Um, but Raul Baruti is, is a, a venerable, unknown uh, receiver. Um, I like him a lot. Uh, he has a lot of raw talent. Uh, he could be used in a lot of different ways. Uh, he's, he's quick. He's physical. Uh, likes to go up and get the ball. A uh, guy who works well in space. I just, I really like his game, so give me Ro Baruti. Baruti has averaged more than f- 50% of his catches have been touchdowns. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, you look at Dave Like, it surprised me that that's the stat, but if there's a guy who can do that, it doesn't surprise me that it's Ro Baruti. Well, it's even more crazier. Dave Chidiat, 60% of his catches have been touchdowns. Yeah. That has a lot to do with the, the Dirty Dogs offense, though. Feeding him. Yeah. I'm Feeding curious. him and, and just putting the ball up. They put. Like, like Helenovsky's not afraid to throw the ball up. They just chuck it up in the air, and Dave will yeah. snatch it down there. So you're going Rob Rudy. What about you, uh, Eagle? Who are you going with? Chidiat or Brody? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're going both. If you can. Why not? There's yeah. enough cap space for both. But if you pick one, you have to pick one guy. Why? Let's say you had cap space for one guy. I'd probably take Chidiat. By the way, uh, looking at his numbers, uh, congratulations, Dave Chidiat. Uh, 200, 201 touchdown grabs. 
So he hit the 200 touchdown barrier not too long ago. 8,129 yards receiving. So he's on his way to 9,000. Okay, by the end of the summertime. So Dave Trudy, yeah, perhaps potential Hall of Famer, right? which, by the way, you can watch next week here. As Me, we, you know what? Maybe. We might be doing that. Maybe doing that here next week. So <laughs> we are doing that. We just don't know the exact format yet, but we are doing that. So okay. don't forget that. Though. Tell me if I'm working. Next Thursday, Hall of Fame. You probably are. I'm not we working. Might, we might bring Simon on. We might bring GM on. We might bring Rob on. We'll see. We'll see what's right. going to happen. You can go with like, the two most like lax microphone fiends and Simon and Rob. Like defending. Oh, we, we thought this guy was good. And, you know. Anyway. Hour one in the books. Hour two upon us. We're switching it up this time. We're going women's co-ed one and two. Interview with Terry Tam. Nope. Tam Villiedeth. I know. Well, why'd you say Terry Tam then? Because you wrote Tam. You yeah. wrote Tam. It's on you. I wrote first names for all of them. No, I'm just saying that. We call it you know who's on the show. I know, but we call it Terry Tam. There's no way Tam. I can know. Tam. He's a professional. I uh, did 5A and 5B as well in hour number two. And uh, hour number three, we have Will Power moving on with us as well. So we have uh, two more guests to go and oodles of divisions to cover in the next two hours here at Call Me Audible. So stay tuned. Hour number one in the books on this Super Bowl week as we're not in South Beach, but in St. Leonard. Welcome back. Calling the Audible, hour number two, on deck, women's, co-ed one, co-ed two. We're not on deck. We're in the batter's box right now, Mo. We are on, yeah, we are on the uh, warship deck. How about that? About to take off hour number two. You have a good swing. Like, if you go to the batting cages, do you smack him, or your hand-eye coordination is not very good? Not decent hand-eye coordination. Switch so, like, okay, let's rank, let's rank your ability in sports. Let's go football, flag, or otherwise. Hockey, like uh, it could be cricket. ball hockey, ice hockey, whatever. We know you're not good at cricket because we quizzed you last year. Yeah, we, we know nothing about cricket. We know that. That was a horse bleep. Uh, Baseball, golf. Uh, golf, no. And basketball. Golf, no. So golf was five, right? That's your worst one? Yeah. What's four? Probably hockey. Can you skate? Yeah, I can skate. Um, what's the other ones? Uh, oh, football. Baseball, flag. basketball, football. Baseball. 
baseball. I would go baseball three, basketball two, and then football one. Football is your best sport? Well, just not quarterback. <laughs> I was setting it up just for that one joke. Yeah, exactly. I should have said football last. Yeah, that makes obvious. Well, yeah, yeah, I agree. That makes obvious for that one. All right, so uh, yeah, not much of a golfer. No, I haven't. I just did driving range. I haven't. I've never ever golfed. Really? So no. Huh? We're gonna get you out there. Yeah, of course. We'll live stream it. Live stream it. Hit the ball in like eagle's face. Go to the uh, Canadians golf. Uh, I do. We don't golf. We just watch them. Watch them golf. Do they suck as mu- as much on the golf course as they do on the? So this is how it works. I went to my first one in September, and it's at um, Laval sur le Lac, I think, in the western mm-hmm. Laval. So we went nice golf course. So like fools, we all wait for them. Not fools. We all wait for them to come out. They have little podium set up for them. One to the right, one to the left. Go up there. It's just like a. It is literally like a shipping container of, of people trying to get questions answered. Blah blah blah. They're out there. We're done by ten forty-five. So how many good questions are there, and how many generic sports questions are They're there? They're all generic sports questions. That's the that's the worst. There's some good questions. Some some journalists have some good questions, but generally speaking, it's a lot of generic because you know, hey. Uh, didn't make the playoffs last year. You can make it this year, but this is from like <laughs> this is from yes. Next question. But you know what? Uh, in, in, in defense of what I what I do, those questions are from those who aren't the mainstream sports guys that yeah. cover the Habs on a regular basis. So they ask those generic questions. Whereas the guys who do cover the beat will ask more in depth. You know, trying to dig deep, deep diving type of questions here. Yeah, so. but I need to know if Benjamin is more a sandwich guy or a hot dog guy, and nobody's given that answer, Mo. I'll ask him. At the, please uh, do. Please I'll, do. You know, I'll ask him at post. He's a sandwich guy, though. But like a like a press panini though, I can see that. I can yeah. see that. He might look at me. He doesn't like me though. Or like sure. an avocado wrap. It's okay. Yeah. Montreal doesn't like him. <laughs> well, some people do like him. I know. I know. I just uh, I'm I'm not a, I'm not a fan. Uh, he's jacked though. I'll give him that. He, he, well, he lost a bit of muscle mass. He's a little bit Did more he? leaner than before. Got get, get back on your roid cycle, man. Get back on your roids. I don't know about me. that. I'm not, no comment on that. Listen, well, you're, I could I could be journalistically responsible. <laughs> so I'm the one making the comments. <laughs> look at, don't look at he me. He gave them up this year so he can give it to the players instead. It's hey, not oh. working. It's not working. <laughs> <laughs> I keep getting hurt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, dive into women's uh, and get into co-ed one, co-ed two. Uh, Tam, Billy Death will join us in about a half an hour. Uh, I, I got some information. Uh, I was talking to Constance Miller. who's was supposed to be on the show. She she uh, is going to reschedule with us. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking to her. She's no, been scheduled with us, and we schedule with you. That's how we work here at the Call Me Audible. Or like whenever you're free, <laughs> we'd appreciate. Yeah, it. less only free. Uh, I'm I'm a I'm a fan of Constance Miller. I really uh, like her since uh, my time covering, uh, you know, doing the, some of the play-by-play for Coed uh, in the past. Uh, I was I was a fan of her. She she broke down a little bit of the of the teams. Um, it is five versus five. Yes. Um, and it's on a smaller field. It's as long but not as wide. Um, so how does how do the uh, sidelines work then? Do they use uh, pylons or saucers? Not sure. Uh, because the the reason why is that it's the same format that they use in the world tournaments. Um, uh, and in Florida. Uh, in in Montreal, like the tournaments they use is, is exactly that, and it's sometimes uh, in an indoor gym where it's five versus five as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why it is that Fleur de, de Lis were always the favorite because you're a jerk and you looked at the rosters ahead. No, of time. first of all, no, like let's, a jerk. Let's, let's let's clarify one thing. I didn't look at any rosters. I had no idea there was a women's league until Eagle told me like week one. Hey, we, we have a women's league. We do. I like Wokan admitting to I didn't do any research. I didn't. I did it though. I said, you know what. 
Let me go with this team here. I just got clarification. We use cones to shrink the sideline. Okay. okay, perfect. Is that from Thank Rob you Capata? for whoever gave us a clarification. Is that Rob Capata? Um, D- District oh, and... Oh, he's going to kick uh, my what I said right now, not knowing we're the women's league. All so right. District and a new Florida League team went to the national championship last August. Uh, so they're going to be two of the stronger teams uh, to be expected. Um, Football Canada chose 24 girls to create two teams that would compete in the Texas International Bowl, which is the 12th, 13th, and 14th of January, which is why the season started later than uh, EFPF core divisions. Uh, Team Canada will choose uh, 15 girls out of the the 24, more or less, but that part's not confirmed, uh, to go and play in Denmark next uh, next August. Uh, And Team Texas is basically the Quebec portion of Team Canada that played in the International Bowl. And they have girls from different Quebec teams uh, that were at the Nationals. Um, so basically a lot of this is related to helping the teams get ready for the uh, world competitions, uh, most notably the one coming in uh, August that's going to be in Denmark. Uh, hopefully our girls will do as proud as they, as they always do. Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so now you know a ton about the women's division. Yeah, I was just trying to process the Denmark, Texas events and trying to, you know. They the team countries. is called. Uh, There's what? They are places in the world. Yeah, the team, yes, the team was called Team Texas, but they're largely the team, I think. I, I mean, if I got that right. We'll, we'll get Constance yeah, to give us Constance some more information about that in the future. Um, <laughs> but honestly, like super happy she reached out to me. She basically sent me a message saying, hey, Peas, how's it going? You don't know shit about the women's division. Here's some information to help and you. And she was right. She was right. She was well, right. Well, it's, right. We look, it's, no it's new. In the core divisions, we have how many teams that we're covering each week? Six. All of them? 220. 220 teams in just the core divisions. So adding the complementary divisions. Uh, no, 220 including them. It's not easy. 35 plus plays the night we do the podcast, so it doesn't help and us at all. all. Women's games are at, at PAPS anyway, yeah. so we don't, we're not um, at PAPS. Yeah, and it, it, we're stretched a little thin. So any help we get, whether it's, by the way, if, if it's from the core divisions and we say something in the show that you think we got wrong or you feel that we're not talking about your team, we just may not have had the opportunity to cover you yet because, again, we're two guys. 220 teams, I guess three including Eagle, 220 teams plus, let's say, you know, some 35 to 40 complementary teams. That sounds about right, Eagle? Yeah. You know, what you just um, put on the screen, Eagle, two dumb guys not knowing what's going on in women's right now. Well, I mean, I just did. I just broke down you all just that broke information. broke it down. No, but look, worlds. look, there are some talented teams, but there are some teams that do need help, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we look at a team such as the rookies who are 0-2 via the score point. We've not seen them yet here, but please, in this context of you and Eagle being the uh, Jesus Christ of helping out uh, teams who are wounded and need to get yeah. cured and, and healed up here. I'm, I am I am Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus' producer? Judas? Yeah, so you're Judas. So <laughs> People what, keep telling me to be careful with you, but I don't know why. So what, what, what would you do if you were to help them out, Eagle and Peas, with this team not scoring a single point yet through two games? Well, so they played Team Texas, which, again, we, d- we established as they're going to be one of the front runners. They played District Next and uh, Fleur de Lis in Week 7. So Week 6, I think, is their, their chance to get a win as they play a Hunsick Girls. Um, the, the, the biggest thing has been, obviously, they, they've, they have not been able to score. Elizabeth Fossier needs to have an offense that better works. She's only completing 37% of her passes. They need to find plays that they can run on a consistent basis. It could be as little as two or three plays. Mo, uh, a testament to that has been Division One's Montreal's Finest. For years, have been famous running three, to five, pla- three yeah. to five plays a game total. 
Uh, and they run them over and over and over. And it's about the fact that they can execute properly. And that's what's been important. So they, if they can find, let's say, somewhere between three to five plays that they can execute on a consistent basis, I think that's going to be key. Um, Judas? I would agree with all that. Are you sure about that? I mean, it just it takes chemistry. It takes getting used to the game. If you already have football experience, it's just adapting it to you know, this level of competition. And just you know, start off simple. Start off very... All hooks, for example, is the classic play. Run all hooks all the way down the field, and until they adjust, you keep running all hooks, and you find your whole. Come on, tell me, you're dumb. They know what hooks are. I'm not, no, I'm not, not necessarily. Saying to dumb it down. I'm just saying, like, if you're we not don't, completing passes, no, no, you're not but like to Eagles, to Eagles defense, we don't we don't necessarily know their background in football. We don't we don't know how well they know the game. For all we know, it's a, it's a team similar to Div Six that's talented, but just doesn't know. Uh, you know, appropriate concepts and stuff. So maybe something as simple as all hooks, not not knowing that that's something that you that that's co- yeah. typically run. Can we get the box score for Team Texas and the ro- uh, rookies to get an idea of uh, total plays ran by the rookies in their uh, loss? It was rough. It definitely a rough night out. Twenty-seven plays. Twenty-seven plays. So this less than three yards per play. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's not gonna. You know, and, and if if. Maybe maybe it's a team that can run all hooks properly, but then don't have plays that can create separation, move ball down the field. At which point, you need to sort of understand plays that create motion, create uh, sort Crossing of patterns, natural picks and so on yeah. to free I up b- your players. I believe there's an there's an error on the uh, PAT when they didn't score any points. How do they have zero for five? I think that's a bug. It's still not polished. We're working on it. I hope so. I hope so. Okay, better offense. Uh, or maybe you just end your points uh, PATs. Don't look at me. I was it's in the taps. Wasn't in the pass at all. If there's stat problems, guys, it's always most fault. Yeah, at all times. Fine. Never mind. Doesn't matter who your scorekeeper is, it's the most fault. It's never my fault. So better, right. better offense. Team Texas or for the list in this whole process right now? Both teams are scoring a lot of points right now. And I can hopefully taste that nice Dunn's meal we'll have on April 5th. Yeah, I, I'm going to lose that bet, unfortunately, it appears, as, as Hunting Girls have only scored nine points. But again, <laughs> resilient. <laughs> resilient. I believe in my Hunting Girls. Um, while it, 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 you know, we always talk about Vanessa Berry's accomplishments, Sarah Parker is an equally accomplished passer for Team Texas. Um, the team is really good, man. Uh, honestly, uh, you can't, you can't uh, talk about one team without talking about the other in the same breath because they're competing with each other. Emma Rissin has been the leading receiver for the team. Uh, just put, you know, 15 yards of catch, 16, almost 16 yards of catch is a big deal. But a, a name we remember uh, from their time in Coed, uh, Marie-Lou Bellin, who's just a phenomenal, phenomenal player on both sides of the ball. Uh, sure tackler, plays a lot in the flats. We've seen her rush before. Um, and, and just a very talented receiver. Uh, I like this offense overall. And I want to shine the spotlight because I feel like we, we like it's just easy to talk about Vanessa Beery and, and it, like talking about Vanessa Beery and her offense is like talking about Kevin Wyatt and his offense uh, in the height of Montreal's finals. So Vanessa right? Beery is the Kevin Wyatt of she is absolutely, was, absolutely. and and I, I think Sarah Parker is going to have something to say about that. You know, what I mean, it's she's going to be the one to challenge the, the, at the throne, I believe. I know it's early in the stages of, of women's flag football in FPF, but I just hope. Well, not for my team because I want them to go as far as they can so I can get that dinner. I hope we have like anarchy of like upsets. Hunts of girls, turn it around, baby. I know it's there. I, I have trust. I f- you guys, it's coming. I know it. Don't worry. I believe in you guys. Wise words from PZ Delarizzi on that one. So. It wasn't wise. It's just belief, man. <laughs> belief. 
right, we'll get more. We'll get more into the uh, women's as we move along in the season. Also, and... I can't be flag Jesus. We already have a flag Jesus. Yeah, that's right, Matthew Wool. You gotta, you gotta get, you gotta. I'm, I'm like flag Buddha, perhaps. Eagles still Judas though. We're also gonna have one of the referees uh, for the women's division uh, who's gonna be joining us in a few weeks to also give us some insight. So I just found out right who's now. Who's coming on? Not now. Which referee? Uh, referee Lemis. All right, fair enough. Perfect. Great. So, so we'll definitely get more full throttle and get things rolling with women's coverage in the next couple in the month of February. We'll be much more immersed in that one. All right, co-ed. Co-ed one, co-ed two. Uh, what car attention peas in terms of the co-ed games that happened on the week four slate of games last week? Um, in co-ed one, um, Party Mix beat third down for what? Uh, which I don't know if it's entirely a surprise, but it's, it's surprising to me in any case, uh, just because we've seen third down for what and how effective they can be in, in Sarah Park, who we just talked about. Francis Deloria had a great game at quarterback. Um, and Emma Racine, who we talked about in her role uh, for Team Texas, she was uh, the one who who did who did in uh, third down for what with her three touchdowns. Um Honestly, really, really great effort um, on on behalf of Party Mix. Um, I'm 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 pretty impressed. I didn't I didn't think this would be much more than like a you know a little speed bump for third down for what, but instead uh, they really got tripped up in this game. I know third down for what is in second place right now, and look, this is a this is a team that does have some pretty good talent to work with, and. It would not surprise me if this ends up being your co-ed final in April. I think both teams yeah. are the cream of the crop. I think they're both regal in, in the way they do. Although, again, Power Rangers uh, has shown in the past that they're a team uh, that that can compete uh, against some of the best teams. Uh, we see here they, they lost 30 nothing, but that appears to be a forfeit. That is correct. Yeah, yeah they were over the cap. Oh, I could be over the cap in co-ed, man. Well, players have a cap rating. And I know, I know. But you know what? The, the, the good news about co-ed right now, at least co-ed one, is that first to fifth is a three-point gap. So no one's really running away with this division so far. Oh, but it's early. It's still, there's it's, only four well, games. And I don't halfway think I, through the season. Yeah. It's only eight games. It's only eight games. That's right. Oh, that's true. It's only eight so, games. That, that, does, that does make a difference. So that's why I just think now, as we move to the next four games on the schedule, and I know all eight teams do qualify for the playoffs, I think that it's going to be matchup dependent for the the meat of this standing. So it's three, four, five, six, and what they do. And I think they want to avoid playing each other. And, and look, you, sorry, avoid playing the top two of this division because I think those top two, top three, will have an easier road getting to at least rounds two and three, moving towards the final. Yeah, I agree with that. And and um, again, like the, the, I think we might see, you know. A pretty straightforward first round, but I think second round of playoffs for Coed is going to be absolutely, absolutely awesome to watch. Coed two uh, games that caught attention from that week. Um, it's a match uh, took a beating from uh, ATH squad, Ath squad, Ath squad, or Ath, Ath squad. Ath. Yeah, I feel like I'm not pronouncing it right. Anyway, uh, Ath Tabasco Oil Corporation. What? All right, Athabasca. <laughs> the ticker symbol for it. Well, you know, uh, for Ath Squad, keep investing in high. that oil. Uh, but all, yeah, all-time high squad. What? 
all-time high, high squad, squad, most likely. I like the other one better. Or Athletic Squad? Athabasca. Oil Company. Oil Company. Uh, Alex Levante struggled where William Rodriguez was just efficient with the ball. Um, uh, and we saw an added score. Edward Gagnon uh, brought back a pick six against uh, Alexi Labonte. Um Alexi Labonte is a guy, by the way, who I've spoken to this season, and he says he keeps playing quarterback because he just doesn't have a quarterback. And I was like, yeah, it's it's a tough position to be in, to be like thrust in there and uh, you know, have to have to manage that when you know, Alexi's a very, very, very yeah. good receiver, but he's a guy who's who's sort of learning on the job as a quarterback. If we get the stands up here for Coed too, uh, I know I know we do it for six six D here, but is there a team in Coed two that can compete in Coed one? Hmm. Well, ATH squad. squad looks like they might be the one. Uh, they again. Uh, Yin Yang is. I'm surprised they're still in Coed. Th- that surprises me more than anything else. Um, I mean, w- and not, not because they fit, but because you would think they'd want to challenge, right? Right, yeah. but w- when you look at this right now. Yeah, I know it's we're halfway through the year, but when you look at this right now, I think there's some teams that could be competitive. I'm not saying they can win a whole bunch, but I think they can, they could be competitive in uh, Quad One with some of the rosters uh, for some of these teams, in the, at least in the top three, if not top four. So you're saying crossover games or promotion relegation, even in Coed, or what would you be thinking? I think so. I mean, not not maybe playoff format. You perhaps want to promote the top four because Coed is one of those things where you want to. Keep everyone you know involved, right? You want to keep everyone locked in. So maybe you promote the top two and really get to the bottom two into the uh, playoff systems. Yeah. I saw the the Jays Rhinos game as well. There are two teams at the bottom of the 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 the, the table here. Um, Eagle, uh, we talked about it last week. We talked about Jaime Long and and you know why he wasn't being more effective. And having watched him, I wrote about this in the article I posted today, available on flightplusfootball.com. Um, what I talked about in that article was uh, that it seemed as though the players on this team aren't entirely comfortable, and there's a lot of concepts that he runs that are timing concepts. So just players are not hitting the mark when he expects them to. So he's holding the ball longer than he wants to. He's throwing the ball sometimes to locations where receivers aren't at, um, and that's why we saw Adrian Dussautois. Le bas français. Le bas français is 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 uh, you know a receiver he's played with for a long, long time. Uh, do the lion's share of the work in this game, and that's the only way they were able to get the win. All right, some questions here before we get to Tam Billy Death, who will be on with us in how many minutes, Eagle? As you uh, gorge yourself in chocolate chip uh, macadamia cookies, is over there. Can you give us the uh, ingredients on that uh, back of the box of the cookie that you have right now, please? What do you want to know? The ingredients, please. The ingredients? It's fucking cookies and chocolate. What do you expect? <laughs> the ingredient is cookie. Yeah. Wheat flour, shortening, mm. white chocolate chunks. Uh, that's good for your body. Semi sweet chocolate chunks. <laughs> oh, that's even better. Golden yeah. sugar. Would you say Eagle's more of a chocolate white chocolate chunk or a semi sweet? No, yeah, put that, a, put that in the poll question. Eagle. <laughs> yeah, actually, we need this as a poll question. White chocolate not just chunk? regular molasses. There's fancy molasses. It's a, okay, it's so a poll grade. question is: Are you semi sweet chocolate or white chocolate chunk? Semi sweet or white chocolate? Semi sweet. Well, we need a poll. Like, put in the like poll, please. But I just no. We need to know no, what you are, not yeah, what you like. Yeah, please put in the poll question. Are please. you a white chocolate chunk or a semi sweet chocolate really chunk? <laughs> All right, that's the poll question for today. Uh, put that in the poll, please. If you don't mind, Eagle. Uh, look, I, I know we spoke about Koei one quickly here. Yeah, peas. 
But do we have a, a bit of a chasm of the top four and the bottom four of co-ed Well, one? definitely in, in co-ed two. Um, definitely co-ed two. Um, Rhinos, Jays, Tigers, Lesect, A-Town. Literally the bottom half <laughs> of, of the division. It's just tough because it's a match is experienced. Yin Yang is experienced. Kiss My End Zone's uh, talented and experienced. At Are they the best team, though, in co-ed two, Kiss My End Zone? I'd say Yin and Yang. Like they've only allowed thirty eight points so far. Uh they do have a loss. Uh which is in itself surprising as well. Uh it was a week one loss to Kiss My End Zone though. So also talented in Kiss My End Zone. Um I I'd say that there's definitely like the, the bottom half of this division it is gonna find it tough. Okay, when you look at it's a match, they're sort of in the middle of the uh mm-hmm. of the boundary line here. They could be in a penthouse or on the uh economy class here. It's a match. Do you see this team being the t- upper or lower tier of this division? Um, they're probably going to end up in the upper half just because um, they face Jays and Lasect. So I expect them to win those two games. So already being at 2-2, two and two, they'll finish the season at least at 4-4. Four and four. Mm-hmm. So 500 season probably has them, you know, basically where they are now. I think where they are now is where they'll finish the season. Uh, Speed Academy, our thoughts on this team right now. We look at the roster for Speed Academy and what do we think of their chances in co-ed as Eagle gets it up and running here for Speed Academy. A team right now, I believe, uh, Eagle, they are now what again? Just look at the record quickly here. They are currently 2-1-1. Two, two, one, one, one. One. Yeah, 2-1-1. One, one. Uh, they've had some pretty decent wins. Uh, Granted, over Power Rangers, I do believe they lost that game, so, but then they won through the forfeit. Yeah, right? exactly. Right, so... So um, either a one, two, and one in, re- in reality. So. One, two, and one in reality, but two, one, and one in, in reality. Well, they're going to face in Midtown practice. this week, which will be a good barometer because Midtown is one of the top teams in the division. Uh, they got a win against Power Rangers, which, again, is a game they otherwise would have lost. Uh, and they don't, um, they don't face, in, in the regular season, uh, well, they face Party Mix. Yeah. And they don't face third down for what I believe. They already played them. Oh, they already played. Yeah, them. which they did. Which they actually three. competed reasonably yeah. okay. Plus so they, I think they'll be alright. But I think they're gonna be in those games like against Party Mix. They're going to um, against Midtown against Party Mix. I don't think it'll be blowouts. I think they're gonna be games where they compete, but then just don't close out and, right. and they lose that game. And they did play Party Mix in week two and tied that one right. So there is an expectation already set that they're equal-ish. So yeah. it could go oh, either they're, way. They're, they're yeah. gonna be competitive. They're gonna absolutely be competitive. Um, their name speaks to what they are. They're 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 a speedy team with a lot of speed to burn. Yeah, uh, Tampa Death will join us in a few minutes here, and a couple minutes from now we'll talk to them about Coed One and Coed Two. Could we drop in a couple of uh, higher division questions? You can ask him whatever you want. Well, let's try and keep it to Coed because we already have a lot I of know. coverage. We have an inside joke too. though, Tampa. I don't know if I can bring it up on there. Depends. You probably shouldn't, because then no one else is going to get it, or then you have to explain it. In which case, then you're that guy. Yeah, you're yeah. eagle from earlier in the show. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. Do we have any you, comments on Facebook? Uh, we do. Uh, Kern and McDoug wants on the show, so he's going to be on sure. soon. When? No, uh, well, next week of the week. Whenever my secretary sets it up. Exactly. Simon Dagenet. And uh, I've been told I am definitely a white chocolate chunk. <laughs> Is this a whole question? <laughs> Who said that? You think that that my brother Mac Iraq? <laughs> it's oh. one of the two. It's Matt or my brother. So We're it, basically it, the same person. Is the poll question up yet or no? No, I'm not actually putting that poll question. Why not? <laughs> I just told you. Oh, man. I mean, we could put it up. We could put it up though. We could put it up. 
Oh, we have our guest now. Uh, Tam Villadeth. Good evening. Tam? Oh, we don't have Tam Villadeth. We don't have Tam Villadeth. We have him. We don't because we said hello to him not once but twice. Tam, you there? Hello? Hey, there we go. Tam, hey, hey, all right. Hey, how are you doing, guys? All is well, Tam. Hello, Tam. Oh, this is going to go great. I can't wait for this interview. Thank you. Tam, can you hear us now? Make it work. It works. Yeah. All right, perfect, Tam. Hello, Small P. How are you? Just give me a second. uh, Are we live now? Yeah, Yeah, we're we're live. live. We're 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 live. We're coast to coast here, man. We only do live. (laughs) We're coast to coast, Small P. How you been? We only do live because second takes wouldn't be any better. <laughs> uh, we're very well. Uh, Tam, let's talk about um, coed. You've been a part yeah. of coed for a long time. How how much improved is this competition in coed now than before? A lot better, really, a lot better. There's a lot more athletes, uh, all the young guys, all the girls too. Impressed me a lot. Yeah, so it's really good. Uh, Tam. When you you're playing you're playing in the co-ed division uh, as you have for for years past, how have you seen it develop from when from its humble beginnings to now? Um, at first there was not a lot of competition for sure for sure. Um, I don't know how to say it, but um, before that less team less girls was um, able to prove that they can play, but today from every team the girl can ball for sure. Tam, when you look at your Power Rangers team, what is the strength of your Power Rangers squad in Coed One? Uh, the difference is not about uh, my guys; it's all about the girls. If they show up to play, then the game is going to be easy for us. But yeah, it's it's all, all about the girls. Um, so I've, I've long said, to, uh, Tam, that the for a Coed team to be truly successful. Um, they can have as much top-end talent, top-end FPF talent as they want, but unless they get valuable contributions from the female players, I believe they can't truly succeed. Do you believe that's a true statement, and and why, if so? Yeah, it is, because uh, it's uh, most of the team playing only with two girls, but my offense is uh, most of the time with three girls, three guys, three girls. So it's half of the the offense. If one half doesn't succeed, how can I progress in the tournament or score or something? Because uh, you take away the guys, and uh, if my girl's not playing well, then uh, I'm screwed. Uh, which female on your team is the most important player on this roster? Uh, all of them. They, they <laughs> I need one, Tam. I need one. This is sports radio, Tam. You got to pick a side. I need one. It depends on the game, bro. <laughs> um, I don't know, but for real. Okay, so how different. how is the different ways that you use them, and in what game circumstance uh, would one be better versus another? Uh, depends on matchup. Uh, whoever in terms of uh, uh, Malou, Constance, or Jasmine, or uh, depends everything. Um, most of the guys trying to cheat on the guys, so it gives me a lot a lot of open windows. So it, in every game, it's a difference. Tam, I have a general question for you. So in, I'll call it traditional FPF, you know, your defenses, you're playing man or zone or some type of form. How is that different in co-ed when you look at the matchup? So do you necessarily want, let's say, you know, a woman on your team matched up against a, a man in a one-on-one or are you trying to align people together? So how do you usually game plan for, for situations? 
uh, the ten of the teams. But most of most of the things I've played yet, they're not using much of the girls. So with that, I can see the bit on the guys with the girls, like double teaming with one guy and one girl on one guy on the other team. Um, so far, that's how we've been doing it, and so far, so good for us. Tam, besides your team, who is the who is the best team in Coed One besides your team? Um, I never see uh, party mix yet, but uh, from what I seen from the stats and everything, they look pretty good. Uh, I know the um, I know Francois likes to distribute the ball and use everybody's in offense. I really, I really like that. Uh, but uh, they're down too. I like them a lot. Sarah, Sarah is a good quarterback. It's really on the team and everything. But uh, yeah. So you you're afraid of Francois Delorier? Yeah, Francois he has so far he's uh, first seed right now, and he, um, um, I didn't see him play yet, so I don't know much about it. But I think they're a good team. Are, are you more are you more scared to see Francois Delorier on the field or in the back seat of your car as you approach there in the middle of the night? What do you mean? Well, like what's scarier, him on the field or him hiding in the back seat of your car? Ah, uh, Francois is a cool guy, man. Uh, I love playing against him and with him. I uh, really appreciate him a lot, and uh, he got experience and everything, and uh, that that's why their team are good. So now you know if you see him back seat of your car, he's probably just there for hugs because he's a good guy. He's a hugging type of guy. He looks yes. like a good hugger. Yeah. Tam, just just as a general question here. So this week you guys played Speed Academy and you won, but then you lost. So what happened exactly? Like, did you just not add numbers properly, or did someone show up that wasn't supposed to be there, or what? What, what exactly happened? Uh, that one told me because I was missing a couple of players, and that day I was playing three games, and I didn't want to go rush. Uh, so I'll be tired on my last game, and I uh, I thought with, without search, uh I'll be good with uh, Max uh, Parisian and uh, Jean-François Marquis. So I never like to look up at, at the cap. That's uh, that's what happened. Do you think that for COVID in general, I guess, should the caps be where they are today? Should it be higher? Should it be lower? Um, do you think it would help the competitive level if we were to try and make it more restrictive? Mm, no, I think it's fine like that. Um uh, it's just a big mistake on my part uh, because I was, I was saying back-to-back and I didn't have time to look and, yeah. But I think it's good. so far it's good. Um, yeah, but it's just like uh, for us, because we're, we're in the league like, for so long, so our caps are higher and it's just difficult to make a team. So I have to find like other guys uh, with the lower caps, which I don't have much around my... Uh, I, I was like playing. They all high, like have high, high caps. But, you gotta scout uh, so Div Six, bro. Huh? You gotta go scout Div Six, bro. Yeah, I know, but I don't have time to scout. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I got a life except for football. <laughs> well, re- reach out to our Division Six writer Ignacio, and I'm sure he'll be able to point you in the direction of a few talented gentlemen. <laughs> all right, <laughs> uh, Tam. Thank you so much for coming on with us. Uh, all right, all good, guys. Uh, always look forward to seeing you, you soon. Man. One of the very yeah. loyal people at FPF, Tam Billy Death. Good night. Thanks. Good night, Tam. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Spawn Bay. So, okay. Eagle, we have posted a poll. We have. I like that you voted in the poll. Uh, Is the poll up yet or no? Who's winning? The What's winning the poll so far? Let me look at it right now. So, oh, Eagle? 
What do you think is winning? I have no idea. I, I wish there was a way I can check. Instead of having a way to check, I just uh, I asked my producer. Correct. Where is the poll, man? I don't see it anywhere. It's he there. posted it. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so what, 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 what is the poll who's winning? White chocolate chunk is currently winning four to two. I make it. And uh, no one's five. Five. Thank you, yes. Emmanuel Brulé and Alexis Dubois, for thinking I'm semi-sweet, but you are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's now five two, actually. No. Uh, should I share this or no? You just voted for it. Yeah. Should I share this or no? No. You should share. Yeah. How about you go to the next division? <laughs> we'll do that in two seconds. We have time. We have like another half in hour. I was gonna say. So I, I, I got a text uh, from uh, Nimrod asking to confirm what time is gonna be on the show. And I told him I was too talented to make my own appointments, so he had to go through you and Simon. And I did. And I, I, I told him, though, like, it's no joke. Like, Eagle has literally reminded me of important things in my life, you know, like my wife's birthday, to buy a gift for my wife's birthday, <laughs> what day my wedding was. Um, I have to remind you to renew your license and pay your registration. Yep. Because there's been a few times you have not. <laughs> the amount of times <laughs> my car has been on a flatbed because I didn't listen to Eagle and pay my stuff on time is not oh, reasonable. What's the odds you've been caught so many times with you? Oh, I'm the worst. Well, A, there's scanners everywhere now. Every, every cop car has scanners. It's like it's almost impossible not to get caught for not paying your license and registration. Yeah, that's crazy. It's, I'm, and I'm the worst at it. Just take it out of my account. Don't, don't give me the decision. Just take it out of my account. Stop! Sorry. I digress. Imagine, imagine, P's your big Uber guy. Imagine you were an Uber driver. There's a reason I'm an Uber. There's a reason, there's a reason I'm a big Uber guy. It's because I, I, the app is easier for me to run. I pay for my ride and that's it. Uh, instead of having to pay for all the things that come with Imagine you're an Uber driver and you get your car uh, impounded because you didn't pay your license. Yeah, it would happen. You it would one star. Like a one star on that one. Okay, five uh, A, five B. The weeks uh, that was for both these uh, games that caught your attention. PZ, the one game that caught my attention was uh, the tie game between Tough Longs and and Le Voyou, thirty-two to thirty-two. As we'll uh, pop that game up onto the uh, scoreboard in mere seconds. Uh, this was a game that was a little clunky at times. Uh, I just thought uh, that Lerner and Omal became too dependent on Justin Lerner and for. Uh, Marc-Andre Alexandre in terms of the offensive play calls and decision-making for them. But this was a game that I thought had some moments of, uh, of, of excitement, but reality was there wasn't really a team that really pulled away or defined themselves as being uh, the better one on this battle between these two teams on Sunday night. Yeah, um, what's interesting is I like, I like that both these teams have a ton of talent um, Levoyou are a monstrously talented team who win a lot of games just based on their talent. Uh, but we saw here they didn't have a plan for how to manage Justin Lerner. Uh, and Olivier Dolores, by the way, is the most underused player on this roster because the guy is just an athletic freak. Um, but he caught a touchdown in this game as well. But uh, Justin Lerner uh, just torched, torched Levoyou. Um At some point, when you're allowing that many touchdowns to the same guy, you need to do something else. Well, you know, the it was near identical in terms of total yards. Plays were favoring tough lungs. They ran about eight more plays. Uh, pass yards were almost identical, 194 to 193. Uh, average plays per touchdown, seven for tough lungs, six for Vayu. So this was close enough. I think what it came down to was extra point attempts. Uh, look, Vayu went 0 for 5 from, uh, from the one-point situation, whereas uh, tough lungs, 2 for 5. 
And that that was a difference of why. And they were one for zero at the two point attempts. Yeah, which I have no idea why it's like that, but it, it is what it is. Uh, games that caught your attention. That's our heart. You you got to be better at attempting two point conversions. Clearly, um, two, I have two upsets. Choose uh, heads or tails. Tails. All right, Clinkers beat Air Force, thirty seven to twelve. That one surprised me. Uh, Marc Andre Desaulniers six drives, six touchdowns. Uh, landing from wherever he was on vacation. I'm sure he told me I'm not a very good listener and unless Eagle reminds me, I will not have the information. Um but yeah, Simon Blay had a tough time against this defense which which is talented, but uh the thing that surprised me more than that was uh just like that defense for as talented as they are in Air Force One, not being able to give Marc Andre Desaulnier anything to think about uh whatsoever. He basically ran his offense and did it Anything he wanted. Uh, Tony Curry having a huge game, seven catches, uh, and scoring two touchdowns. It's, yeah, I, I saw a bit of this game. This was nowhere near close. But and so, like, can you explain to me what it was that Air Force One couldn't adjust to from the Clinker, Tony from Clinker's Corey. offense? What? Tony Corey. Yeah, but what specifically? Snapping. Snaps coming in so quick that once Mark Andre got the ball, it was out of his hands within like a second and a half. Like, he. We talk, We always we always uh, applaud Mark Andre Desloney for his mental makeup of remembering plays and formations and stuff. It's like he just knew. He just put it and it was bam caught up the field. They went. Like, but they, so if you're a defense and the the ball is going in and out of a quarterback's hand within like a second, second and a half, the moment you see a guy break, you just undercut every single ball. You just say, "Go ahead and beat me deep." I'm gambling on every play, and until you adjust, we're gonna try and shoot every and that is ball. that is the way to get Mark Andre because. He has a slow release, and because he's again very decisive decision maker, which is great. It's the first thing you want as a as a as a, as a, as a quarterback. DB, that's also, what you want, but right? as a DB, yeah. exactly. If you if you have the athletes, unless he's willing to make you pay and run double moves and go over the top, you, you need to do that. And it's surprising to me Air Force One didn't. Uh, the other one, the other the other sur- uh, surprise was Tutson Parley's taking a loss to Whack Attack. Uh, Tutson Parley's have been very good uh, this season. Uh, Anthony Lazara learning from uh, Tacos, his brother Dan Lazara, becoming a, a very good quarterback in his own right. Um, the the result here surprises surprised me immensely. In what sense? Because well, Tutson Parley's I played in week one and I was impressed. First of all, they have they have some bigger guys who are more athletic than you would automatically give them credit for. Uh, but then on top of that, Anthony Lazara's ability to throw on the run defensively how well uh, they adapt to what you're trying to do on offense um, and it's just as though they figured out what they got to do is get the ball in the hands of uh, guys who played for Jägerbaum because Maxim Marzan and Martin Jelena having two big games Martin Jelena is a guy we haven't seen play in FPF in a little while was a prominent member of the early Jägerbaum team now hold on was this game in Laval on Wednesday night there's no way I can know that Eagle we can lunch. find out Mind, please. Uh, was in Cuba, by the way. Thanks. I knew it. I knew it was Cuba. I said that. Come on, pay attention. because Ignacio first said it, and then Marcondé confirmed it. <laughs> so everyone was paying attention except me. Yes. All right. Uh, was this game Wednesday in Laval? I just want to double check that because there's a story to this game that I'd like to there's bring up. There's a story to this game? Yeah. If, if this game was the one I believe it is in Laval last night, Wednesday, that is. Games are not a matter of belief, Mo. It was in Laval. Yeah, exactly. Wednesday at night. O'clock. So, in fact, they were missing the guy. Oh, so there were five? I believe so. The guy they were missing was a man we know very well who has excelled at the higher division level, Dan Lazara. Okay. 
But Dan's not on the Dan team. Plays? He was subbing in. And he thought the game was in St. Leonard, so he came to St. Leo. Me. Yeah, yeah, me, bro. You serious? Laval. I could have done a two for one. I had a basketball game at 10 o'clock. Could have been in Laval. I go, unfortunately, it's in, Saint, in Laval, not St. Leo. So they missed Lazaro. So Dan Lazaro was not in the game, and maybe that would have been a difference, perhaps. One Lazaro short of a victory. But, Eagle, can you confirm that they were five? Because uh, my check. tab's not opening. I'd love to do it myself, but internet. No, they were not five. No, but they're missing Lazaro, though. I know, but still, they said they had Joe Morghese, they had Jono uh, Mandrakia, they had uh, Angelo, Gar- Angelo Donofo. Okay, I thought it was Angelo Garofalo. I'm like, how does all this team fit? How does Angelo Garofalo <laughs> this team? Uh, and, and, of course, quarterback Anthony Lazaro. So who sits on the bench for Lazaro to play? Oh, man. Joe Morghese, no. Well, I guess, I, I guess, I mean, it's probably rotation, right? You that wasn't the question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who. No, I wouldn't. A little bit baffling, but he was he was he came to Terry Tamara and I said, Hey, where's my game? It's not here, bro. Laval. So he was not happy about that. Uh, I saw Arush against K Squad, twenty fourteen win for Arush over K Squad. Eric Lalonde, uh one sixty uh, passing, four TDs, one INT. Emile Plant, uh, not a great game. Uh, 124 yards, pa- 108 yards passing, uh, three touchdown gra- uh, passes in total. But this was a game that uh, was a defensive slugfest. Arush really came out big, made a lot of stops. No big plays given up by Arush's defense. So everything was underneath them, and they really controlled the ball tempo and didn't really give up at all in terms of their defensive alignment. And they played really well in the second half and made it difficult for uh Emil Plant's the guy I thought was going to improve more than he has by this point in his yeah. FF career. Um, so, I mean, he, he did okay in this game, but three touchdowns is not going to cut it. Um, but um, it's a good team. Like, Victor Nolain, Julien Prou, like, GF Dallos, like, the, the, there were playmakers on this team. Just to your point, Mo, Arush wasn't going to allow anything over the top in this one. No. No. Uh, 5B, what games caught your attention? That piece? Oh, I, I I went 5B to start. Oh, yeah. yeah, but you want to go back to 5A or 5B? I'll, I'll, just, I'll, do, I'll do 5A in that case because I give you all my 5B games. I was going to say, and I'm like, all right, I guess we're switching games and then we're going backwards. Nope, I didn't realize that. I, I caught uh, Unknown Talent uh, against Bruins. Uh, you're right about Rakeem Charles. Uh, I wrote about him in my article. For those of you who haven't checked it out yet, it's at flagplusfootball.com. Great segue. Rafa Morelli says, Rakeem is the truth. Yep. It, that's literally that. That is the headline I had in my article. Rakeem Charles is the truth because I, there was three things I noticed, and I, I talked about it in the article. So for those who've read it, it's repetitive. For those who haven't, here's the information. I, I, not, I noticed three things more. He threw an interception early, it was unfazed. Next play mentality. Love that. Love seeing that from a guy who hasn't faced a lot of adversity at the quarterback position. Love that absolutely. I saw him make a play where he's moving to his right, stop, pivot, throw over defender into the hands of Sebastian Gomez for a touchdown. Now I don't know if it's Gomez or Gomez. Please, someone from that family, correct us. I don't think they even know. Um, and then uh, the, the th- I'm pretty sure they know their own name, Mo. Mo Um the, 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 the third thing uh, I noted was... Um, he made a throw over the middle. It wasn't complete. Uh, and he noticed late in his progression, after the ball left his hand, he noticed he had a receiver wide open in the end zone. He sprinted to the end zone. And I was close enough because I was, I was warming up for my game yeah. by the end zone. I heard him say, bro, I'm sorry. You were wide open. Didn't get there. I didn't have time to get there in my progression. Uh, I'll come back to you. I'll come back to you. Like, really putting the accountability on himself. I liked what I saw from a, from a physical standpoint, uh, from, from a play-calling standpoint, and mostly from a leadership standpoint. Really, really, really impressed with Rakeem Charles. Uh, best, to me, 
I, I don't even know if he's the best quarterback in the division, but he's the guy I'm cheering for. He, he is appointment. Uh, if games were television, televised, he's appointment television. Yeah, he's like Pat Mahomes out there. Do you think he knows all of his teammates? I, I would imagine. I don't know. You think he knows Ralph Morelli? I, I guess they play together. Hey, man. I, I've, I've never not known my teammates, so I don't know. Hey, man. How you been? Uh, no, he's awesome. He's fun to watch. He's like a Pat Mahomes uh, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers type of quarterback. Oh, I see what you did. You put in the one white guy, so you weren't <laughs> doing the thing. The one white guy, of you weren't doing the thing that every sports guy does, where they just group guys by no, color. Of course not. And hope uh, people don't notice. Yeah, of course not. No, he he has a blend of all three of those guys. I was uh, thinking, you know, more of a Steve Young, Mark Brunel. <laughs> <laughs> nice lefties, even he's a righty. Yeah, Mike yeah. Vick. Mike Vick. Yeah, <laughs> he's a, he's, a, Vick he's a right-handed Steve Young. <laughs> Uh, Mark Brunel and Mike Vick. I like that you noticed what I was doing. Yeah, of course. You know. <laughs> Left-handed white throwers. Yeah. yeah. I know. I threw in Mike Vick, so it's not a racial thing. But, uh, can we get the uh, top <laughs> five white quarterbacks in FPF or left-handed throwers? I don't even know them. Like, who would that be? Mike no, Medell. Not top five. <laughs> Mike <laughs> Medell. Depends if there's five. <laughs> is there five left-handed quarterbacks who are white in this league? Scott Maronovich is one. Are you left-handed or right-handed? I can throw both. Uh, so you but you one. don't get on the list, though. <laughs> so Scott Maronovich, Scott Maronovich is on this list. PZ, Mike Lindell. Just saying, might be top, might be top five, might be top five. That would be unfortunate. There's not that many lefties. So Scott Maronovich, the top white quarterback, left-handed thrower. Okay, cool. All right. Perfect. I did. I did. I once threw a ball to John Laristas like in a warm-up, like in our first game together, and he came and he's like. Oh, lefty. The worst. <laughs> because it comes out differently, right? It does come out differently. It's a little bit different. Okay. Uh, Diff 5, uh, MTL Loud or the U? Who do you got? I like MTL Loud a lot. Uh, I really like what I've seen so far. Versus the U? They played week one. I know. He's but, saying uh, but, but in terms now, season long. They, both these teams are, are the best of their division right I'm now. I'm going to just do it. I'm going to go MTL Loud and say, you know, whatever the U, blah, 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 blah. Even though the U won week one. Yeah. Well, but it's week one. I don't put a lot of stock in, in week one wins and losses because like, we don't legitimately know uh, how good teams are. It was also a 27-25 game. So, I mean, that's a game where if the, these two teams, if they mean the playoffs, and I hope they do, it'll be a very good game. Uh, I'm a big fan of MTL. Uh, Xavier Tremblay, by the way, still to throw an interception. Come on, join the party, man. I, pr I promise you, throwing interceptions is fun. Uh, 20 touchdowns, no interceptions is a great start to the season. Uh, by the way, Hashtag analysis right there. 20 touchdowns, no interceptions. Great start to the season. I don't know if you knew that, Mo. Captain Obvious right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, more confidence at 2 one and one Voodoo or Tip Top Shave? They're both nestled at the uh, five and six spots of uh, Conference A. Um, can, you, can we say that while the teams have the same record, Voodoo looks like a better 2 one one than Tip Top Shape? Like, does that make any sense? Yeah, it makes sense. That makes sense. Um, Voodoo to me looks the part. Uh, I love the offense. Frank K is an intelligent thrower, and he seems to be in a right division with the right roster where they can they can do something. Um, tip top shape feels lucky to be two one one. They've allowed ninety eight points and have a point differential of minus twenty three at this point. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them have a losing record at this point, given that. Um, and they face, you know, they face some tough, tough some tough offenses heading up. Like I'm sorry, Spartans. Uh, if you look at Eagle, he's like a, like a sad puppy dog right now. Well, Eagle, where are we in the poll? Uh, I'm still a white chocolate chunk. But where are the votes? It's like, we're like seven to two or something. I don't know. That's, that's amazing. How would I know that? 
Just yeah, check it. Good. There's no way I can do that. I'll tell you that right now. Carry on, Peasy. Some of us are working. Eagle. Yeah, sorry about that. Peace. Jesus. Yeah, they have you know some tough offenses ahead. They they face Spartans. They face ISO. Seven and two. Um, Someone voted yes. I, I'm I'm curious. Someone voted yes. Who voted yes? Who's the genius? JC Bennett. He is a genius. Um. So yeah. So the, they're going to be tested down the line. I think. I think. Tip top shape are not going to have the kind of season they expected heading into the season. Fair enough. Then when we look now at the next question here, uh, balls deep. Do they have a major influence on the playoff standings in the second half of the year? Balls deep, who are two and two in the ninth hole right now, can they really get back into the, the playoff positioning? Well, they face tip top shape this week. Yes, or in their next game rather. Um, I don't believe it's actually this week. Uh, it is it's, actually uh, February tenth, the week after. Yeah. So there's a long layoff from here until uh, the tenth. Well, that's um, a long layoff. They also have MT Loud on their schedule. They have the U on their schedule. So depending on how those games go, they're, that can actually affect the top seed. I believe that's they're going to be out for two and a half weeks, sixteen days. Yeah, that's tough. A lot of teams are. I'm I'm experiencing that with five uh, B, um, but Justin Weir, um, he's been good. But I kind of expect a little more. It might like fifteen touchdowns, one interception is great, right? But it just it just seems like I expected them to be a little bit more explosive, and they're not quite there. Am I alone in that feeling? No, I think Weir is a good quarterback. It's that I, it's time for him to take the next step. I believe. I think he he's showing signs of of, of sorry flashes of brilliance of being a, a really good quarterback. But I want him to be more consistent with his offense because I think he allows the trash talking to get into his head at times from opposing defenses, and that gets him off his game. And that's where I think he needs to mature a little bit more, especially as focus. a quarterback. Like that's the time for you to step back and and talk less trash because you got you have so many things to focus on and a short play clock to do it in. Yeah, I just think that if he if he can. Not zip it up, but if he can just keep himself locked in on what he has to do, I think he, he can be a dynamic player in this But team. if you're the opposing teams, trash talk him because, as Mohan's saying, it works. It does work. Uh, Honey Martin, do they have the most dynamic dynamic offense in Honey 5B? Martin, in 5B? Honey Martin, I'm going to say it, false kings. Really? False kings. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name the teams they played against, and Eagle, you're going you're gonna to bring, you're going to give me the record. Okay? Uh, okay, let me get this right. Honey Martin are 4-0. Okay, let's let's look at uh, let's look at their uh, their crown, shall we? Gryphons. I gotta get my uh, my file process for this, so it'd be good. Well, let's put the standings up. I'll I'll, have, I'll do the numbers in my head. Gryphons. Hold on. Jeez. I'm not holding on. Do your job, Gryphons. Okay, Gryphons are currently one and three. It's one and three. three. Okay, go. Honey Martin done faced Clinkers. Clinkers are currently. What the hell are you guys? Clinkers are two and two. Two and so two. So three and five. Honey Martin faced Team YS. Team YS is 0 and 4. So 3 and 9. Honey Martin faced Lum de West. Uh Lum de West are 0 and 4. So 3 and 13. Yeah. So that's, now that's subtract, subtract four losses from that just to get an actual understanding because you shouldn't count the actual matchup. Sure. Right? So 3 and 13, so minus 4, so 3 and 9. 3 and 9. That's not better. They're 25%. Better. Yeah, 250 yeah. as opposed to uh, like 150. Or so they're frauds, is that what you're saying? Next week they play blackouts. Blackouts re- record is blackouts are three and one, and Green Monster two point Green Monster are three and one. What are those games? Chocolate Barracudas. Chocolate Barracudas are two and two. Can you so just schedule up on the screen think, there, please, or Eagle? I think this is where we're gonna we're gonna learn a lot about uh, Honey Martin. This is where we, we this is where we see if they're for real or not. Because right now, your your crown is about as worthless as as the Burger King. Oh. And, and you know what? I had that crown as a child. You have a child's crown. 
Grow up. Be men. Okay. We have Ignacio Valdez Manzanado saying, lol, here we go again. False Hashtag king. False king. False kings. False kings have been. They were the original false kings, by the way. So, and I was right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Are, we, are we buying the Holy Trollers as being a legitimate contender now? In five uh, well, I, I mentioned Holy Trollers because I'm um, a bit more familiar with, with some of the roster because I, I know a lot of the team plays in, um, in the, what's it called? What's Louis Searley called now? Yes, MTL flag or yeah, whatever it's I'm, called. I'm, I apologize. I, I respect the league a lot. I don't. I'm not throwing shade. I just I'm getting older and no longer Ooh, remember the, the things. Is this Louis Sear guy. <laughs> I'm not cross promoting a league. No, I, I don't mind. They're, they're not a threat to us. Um, but um, I like them a lot. Um, I, I they're very talented. You you recognize some of the names as well, Mo. It's MFFL, by the way, Montreal Flag Football League. Montreal oh yeah, those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you recognize Jordan Chin. Uh, yeah. We recognize, of course, Josh Levine and, and Kevin Kusai. Max Rosenfeld is a, is a talented quarterback. I, I think, especially for this division, uh, the, this is where they'll fit in. Um, you know, outsiders are the best success story from MFL. Yeah. And Holy Trollers are are one of the top teams in MFL as well. So uh, I'm I'm excited to see them playing more. Uh, it doesn't. You know what? Eagle made a joke saying he didn't want to cross promote any of the leagues, but any time flag football is being played in this city, it of course helps us at FPF. It's a sport we believe in, uh, so it's it's cool to see them make you know make the jump into FPF and compete against a larger pool of teams. Breaking news: Dun dun dun! Andre Delonier says no. Honey Martin are for real. False case. Morality is the best quarterback by far. Oh, look at that. Funny words from Marc Andre. So he's not. Marc Andre is not the best quarterback. No. Correct. Just saying. Believe in no. yourself. No. Believe in yourself. So, hold on. Ask Marc Andre. Would he take. Don't I, you ask him. Look in the camera and ask him. Well, I'm asking you to ask him. Uh, would he, but he, so, I'm not so ask is him. He, is he implying. Text on the side. Yeah, so is he implying that Honey Martin will beat his team in the playoffs? If they were. Thank you. Uh, last question. Does Chris Williams hate Mocon? Sorry? So Chris Williams does he eat Mo Khan? Chris Williams from the Chaka Barracudas. Everyone, well, first of all, you're a scorekeeper, so nobody likes scorekeepers. Secondly, um, how are, do you consider yourself to be likable? No, but there we it, go. But no, no, but I don't know what it did to the guy. I don't know what. Well, it what happened though? Give us the story. I don't, I don't, I, like, did you miss some stats? I no, saw not this. At all. I saw this in in the um, in the script. And I was thinking to myself, I don't know what this reference is. I know. It's weird because Fall Cup, they were doing the games in Papineau and, and Barracudas were in the final. Whatever. When they tried to hide that Chris Williams was on the roster. No, they weren't. What happened was the referees said, listen, no, we just want players only on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Right? We don't want fans on the sidelines because this team has been notorious for having fans come onto the football field. And Leo Jure did not like it. So I said, listen, guys, you got to put your fans up in the stands. We just want to avoid having that. And he was annoyed by it. I go, I go, dude, it's, it's just the referee's decision. I'm just here to let you know. He wasn't happy about that. And you can see, like, it bugged him. It really bugged him. I was like, okay, whatever, man. So last Sunday, I'm in Lachine, 6 to midnight, and I'm on field three. He's playing on field two. I'm on halftime, talking to Tom Cesari about something. And the thing was, you know how it is sometimes when you're playing on, on one field, the other game might come onto your field, a guy catching the football, whatever it was. So Chris Williams catches the football. So my eyes locked with him as Tom and I are talking. I said, yeah, 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 to Tom. He thought I was talking to him. He said, what are you talking about, man? What are you looking at? I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, yo, dude, does this guy hate me or what? So I've, I've learned that working for FPF, oh, you, you accumulate 
weird enemies. Like there, there are people who legitimately thought I hated them or legitimately thought like they had like rivalries with me. I'm like, ah, guy, it's a show. Oh, dude, I can, <laughs> I can give you my top five right now. Chris okay. Williams. Chris Williams is number five. Okay. Sean Collins is up there. 100%. Gino DeFazio up there. Mm-hmm. That's number three. Gino DeFazio, I feel, is not He's a fan of calling the audible. Well, I, I, we, we've kind of gotten better because of the kids' league. You know, I did a couple mm-hmm. games. Hey, man. Hey, Ben. Hey, hi. Nice to see you again, pal. Uh, this is Gino DeFazio, number three. Uh, number two, uh, this is a tough one for me, number two. Uh, there's, a, there's a team that you played. Eagle, the team that you played in Brasso that got you kicked out for five plays. Uh, yeah. They're brand new. What's their name? Uh, Goats. Yeah, they didn't like me. Same well, thing, because the sideline, the, play, the players on the sidelines, yeah, okay. the guys, you got to go in the end zone. They were upset. And, and the, the number one, one person. guy, Mike Asari, a.k.a. Prince Copperfield, a.k.a. Mike Zimmy, hates me. Hates me. Uh, we, I've heard from Marc-Andre. He goes, oh, I love the guys on Honey Martin so much, and I respect them a lot. It will take a perfect game to beat them. So basically he's saying he's, he's going to lose. It won't be. It just clinkers ain't nothing. And so that's why they're just part of the false resume of the false kings, Honey Martin. Real ball, real bar. Go there for uh, Ignacio's uh, open mic. He does open mic? Well, not open mic. Sorry, trivia night. Trivia night. Trivia night. Martin's on Sherbrooke Street. Yeah. Uh, we should go. It'll be fun. Um, no, we should go as a team, right? The three of us? Yeah. I'm good at trivia. What You're is good at sports trivia. I'm yeah. good at I'm drinking. Good. So. <laughs> hey, we, we all are. What is this trivia thing going to happen? What days? It's Tuesday nights at Honey Martin. Uh, we go check it out because they're a real bar, but they're false kings. Uh, can we go in the spring? I don't go now. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going in winter. Relax. No, I'm not doing no, anything in winter. No, no. And plus, with FPF, man, it's only off night, quote unquote. False kings. All right, hour number two in the books. We discovered my five enemies who are the false kings. Hour number three. We find out from PZ what he thinks about Div 1, Div 2, and whether or not in those higher echelon divisions. If he has more confidence in Flagmore Sack or the finest, and can underachievers 2.0 be a top tier team? And also, will Power be on with us? We'll ask him. Power Hour. Is the hand of God with him as he plays football in the sheet? Stay tuned here. Hour three coming up.
no, this Sorry, is guys. I'm just, I'm just tagging guys right now in this poll question. <laughs> well, what, what was the what was the the dumbest not dumbest the worst class you've ever taken? Oh, I've taken a few, man. The worst class I ever took was critical thinking. I figured it would be an, an easy A because I think all the time, often critically. Turns out I was very wrong. I had to read a whole bunch of books I didn't care about. I had to, uh, like, like, I remember, like, and it was my own worst enemy because I would look at a question and be like, they'd say, which of these would represent, like, critical thinking? And I look at them like, that's pretty critical. That's pretty critical. And all of them? Turns out it wasn't all of them. That's some bad classes, man. Humanities was always a boring class. Man, it was a Maybe you took the trolls the wrong way. I remember choosing a time travel humanities class. It was awesome. Uh, yeah, CJP is bullshit. <laughs> I did epistemology in university at an elective. Which one? Epistemology. Epistemology? Yeah. How was that? It's the uh, philosophy of knowledge. Mm-hmm. I did a rock. Like, uh, I did a rock. Uh, uh, geology? Geology, yeah. That was terrible. Yeah, my dad told me to take it because it was an easy A. It was not. Yeah, I. My dad's just good at rocks, I guess. I, actually, rock I, I appealed my grade because the prof was terrible and. Uh, yeah, me, it's the prof's fault. Yeah, they, they, I gave them valid reasons, and they, they boosted up to a B. I actually had a, uh, a class where, you know, the, t- the teacher's fourth language was English. It's fine. It's like, you know, we, we, during the class, like, it wasn't a problem until we got to the exam. And I, I looked over at this girl sitting next to me, and she's weeping. And I'm like, okay. And I started flipping through the exam, and most of the questions were incomprehensible. Oh, boy. And like it's like it's cool that it's not your first language, and it's impressive that, like, you must be really good in your field to be able to get that job. Have your TA like review it or something. But that's what I'm saying. Like, like, come on, like you you're paying TAs shit all. Make them do something, you know? Like, or maybe the TA just said they proofread it and did it. Didn't care. Also possible. Anyway, the whole class appealed their grades, and their grades were raised as well. Also, I I had a really cool prof. I know we're going off course here, but I had eh, a really cool prof. which course? Uh, this guy, Professor Suquan Chan, awesome prof. So Wicked had, name, too. Yeah, he's a really cool guy. And so anyway, long story short, it was about a class of 50, and I think 10 of us or 12 of us passed like the, the exam he gave. It was out of 40, so I, whatever it was, right? So he's like, you know what, guys? What's the reason why you guys didn't do well to those who didn't pass? He goes, oh, this, this, and this. All right, we're going to reduce it down to 30. So instead of being whatever it was, out of 40, it's out of 30 now. And he goes, you know what, guys? It's out of 25. Fuck the system. <laughs> so I got myself... What well, should have been a B became an A minus because you reduced the, the, the total points from 40 to 25. Yeah. So we have a 4 A minus division instead of 4 B? Yeah, we could. That's we what could. I should throw. So we got 4 A, 4 B. Uh, the week that was, uh, what caught your attention, PZ, from the week that was? Uh, There's some games that I did. So shall I start off first or no? Yeah, go. Give me. Okay, let's go to uh, Chalk Offender and Outlaws. Uh, high score and a fair 46-39. PZ will, or Eagle will get the game up and running on the screen. Um, this, look, both quarterbacks were really good. I just thought Joe Cano was a lot more dynamic. Uh, a, lot of more, a lot more deep balls, but Stephen Harper isn't a deep ball thrower. He's a short, yeah. dink, and dunk player. I think that hurt him in this game. I think that did not help him in this game, and it showed when they were down and they tried to make a comeback, which they did, but it wasn't enough racetrack for them. And look, quite frankly, I thought Joe had a really good game plan uh, spreading the football out. Well, two things. Uh, one is it's, uh, it's often um, uh, assumed that Joe Cano is short for Joe Cannoli. Eagle, next week, Cannolis. Cannolis. You're, you're late. You're late on your payment. Um, the way this is going to sound cliche, but... It's a, it's a bit more in-depth than that. The way to beat Stephen Harper is by scoring a ton of points. 
he's not a guy who works well coming from behind. Uh, and like he played pretty much a perfect game. Uh, you know, so like <coughs> he scored six touchdowns. You can't necessarily pin it on him. It just it's not the kind of game he will excel at more often than not. Uh, neither team punted the ball. Neither team turned the ball over. It's really just Joe Cano was unstoppable and got the extra possession. Um, but yeah, I think I think if you're gonna beat Outlaws, it's gonna be this kind of game. It's gonna be you just need to score constantly and put and put Harper's out on the ropes. Who's more irked, uh, Tim Horner to not get 100 yards or soon, or soon Harper's who had 199 could have 200 yards? Like who's more? They see the stat like, oh man, has a yard off from being 100, 200 yards. I uh, knowing Steve, he's just annoyed by the loss more than anything else. Uh, Tim Horner not getting a hundred absolutely bothers him. He couldn't sleep. He he like he called Joe Cano weeping. He he said like you know they, they, it was almost the end of their friendship basically. Hmm. You know and and you know luckily hopefully the guys were able to calm him down because Horner is a great player. Just just one short of a hundred. All right, uh, what can caught your attention, please? Um, well, by uh, just going on and on, I was unable to bring up the next game, but I will say. Uh, Super Saiyans getting back on track, beating the Centaur is a great sign. Um, happy to see that because they got off to a weird start. Uh, Jordan Allard avoiding the mistakes. Jordan Rossi throwing two interceptions instead. Um, and and Le Centaur actually had like a great second half to try and make up for it, but it was too little, too late. They legit just ran out of time uh, in this one. And well, I think Saints are now hopefully finding their 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 groove, right? I mean, they they kind of stumbled out, and they just didn't have uh, a confident start to the year. And now this is a big one for this could probably parlay for them to get themselves back into the picture race and being in the thick of the race of being a, a better seed than what they could be right now. Yeah, I saw Band of Brothers Sphinx again. I wrote about that in my article on FlyPlusFootball.com. Uh, for those who haven't read it, uh, Corey Wallace and Essen Glutier put on a show. Uh, we talked about earlier in one of the previous hours how I'm impressed with how well Corey Walski has uh, played and how much he's improved. But Etienne Cloutier is a guy, you and I know him more because we've been around FPF for a while. One of yes, the first yeah. Division Five dynasties was Sphinx back in the day. Uh, they then took some time off and they have come back and haven't had the same kind of success. But Etienne Cloutier showed he's every bit of the passer he's been uh what you know some deep shots and then at times just being able to to move the ball methodically and manage the game well just uh Corey Wolski was simply on fire uh the game ended it was uh 40 to 38 uh for Bandit Brothers um the ball's thrown by Klutzi at the back of the end zone he didn't really have anyone open just tried to put it up to a spot where his receiver can get there instead Jalen Greaves went up caught it with one hand and returned it for two points Four Banner Brothers, and that's how the game ended. Nice way to end the game here. Uh, 4B, uh, I did not see many games, if any games at all. Actually, I did not see any games at all in 4B, but looking at the score lines that caught my attention, Finesse's big win over his ETs. I know the uh, Matt Bunguaria, uh, Alex Bacalani, I'm sure is watching this right now. Uh, 27-13 over them. I Good win for Finesters. A good win because I thought ZTs is, is a team to watch out for. I think their lack of experience in FPF is that's what's hurting them. Hurting them right now. That's the thing that's hurting them. Um, they're going to be very good very quickly, uh, but they're not there yet. Uh, Ryan Karouf has been playing well, um, uh, and Alex Bacalani, the million time receiver of the year, having that kind of performance once again. It's been it's been a while because we've really seen the rise of Nero Suresh uh, taking a. a 
a bigger role with this team, but Alex Bakalani being the man in this one and just got fed. And his four touchdown performance is absolutely huge. Are you surprised by B-Balls getting crushed 53? Uh, sorry, B-Balls winning 53-31 over Mean Machine? I am not. B-Ballers are great. Um, B-Ballers are a cap-breaking team where the cap doesn't mean anything to them because they came in, they steamrolled Division 6D. Uh, they they won the championship Div 6 that season, right? After being promoted. Yeah. Um, they were far too good for the competition. Uh, Vincent Beauregard's a monster. Johnny Cassati is just he's a, a purebred flag football player just this whole team is a flag football team so they came into fpf it's not like tackle guys learning the game they play tackle but they've also played flag um and uh like daniel goloff did you know he did a lot of what he could and we saw benji ziegler go nuts um but in the end um just the one interception cost them but more than that, it was just a perfect game completely for B-Ballers uh, start to finish. And when you look at it, um, three play on average, they would run three plays to score a touchdown. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, that's absolutely, absolutely insane. 17 passing tests. But for me, Michigan, this has been a fall from grace for them. I mean, they were a solid team, but now there's... Well, Mean Machine, don't forget, they're moving up a division, right? Yeah. Um, and I think it's we're starting to see... Uh, where they are in terms of like the the, the, the high end of their, their abilities. Um, I think it's going to take some time for them to be successful in this division. You guys, ZT's coming up next. Pivotal matchup for both teams here. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. We have Will Power coming up in a few minutes here. Let's talk about some of the topics. Uh, Div 4A, who is the best quarterback between Infantry, Bandit Brothers, and LVF? All three are 1, 2, and 3 in their division right now. Well, I, I like Koyowalski a lot for things I detailed earlier, but because it was a previous hour, I'll just recap really quick strong arm uh great 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 playbook uh decisive decision maker all the things you want in uh in a successful quarterback um the when you move over to um when you move over to the infantry uh sean Samurgeon, uh we know that he has the ability to play, to, to be able to run the ball, to be able to pass the ball. Very impressed with what he's done in a short period of time. Just his, his sheer athleticism, I think, is what gives him a bit of the edge there. Mo, who else did you mention? Well, in 15 minutes. Yeah, that's not the thing I'm talking about. I know. Which, uh, where was the third quarterback you mentioned? <laughs> uh, I was talking about LVF, M- Infantry, and then uh, Bandit Brothers. Yeah, <laughs> LVF, uh, of course, Zachary Key, Verger, a guy we know well on the show because of his wicked pictures. Although I'm I'm a, his, I'm more of a, a Zachary Verger 1.0 than his 2.0 pick. His dad's a big fan of you, by the way. Uh, I'm glad. I'm Did glad. I tell you to start with him and his dad? Uh, maybe you know what? Maybe his dad thought it was I. He's like, "Yeah, you guys make fun of my son." I go, "Make fun of your son." I've never made fun of him. Just it was a pretty wicked picture. And then he's like, well, "I like it. I love the podcast, but uh, yeah, you guys make fun of my son. That's why I watch." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, man. I guess PZ, not me." Well, look, it got a, it got as a viewer, right? So yeah. my my methods, my crazy has, methods has been work. Well. Um, no, he's he's got he's got a good team around him. They're four and zero. He sent me a message saying, "Band of Brothers haven't beat anybody. LVF have a better uh, a better." Um, uh, resume so far, they beat Half a Stars, they beat Touch by Angeletti, A Squad, Eskimo Brothers, solid teams up and down to his defense, and they laid a whooping on Eskimo Brothers, outscoring them by 26 points. So where would you put uh, Mike Roy in C2E, uh, like with the quarterback list that we have from Infantry, LVF, and uh, Bannon Brothers? Mike Roy is not that far away from having thrown in Division Three, so it shouldn't be a, a shock that he's playing well 
in in Division Four. I think I think he's in a division that's that's a touch low for for him. And given given the team, the team is so well built. We know Sh- we know Sean Haney, of course. We know Marvin Steinberg, but getting Andrew Grant, uh, an explosive player, uh, who's who's not even found his way on this offense yet. Vadim you know, Cherniak. Um, Vadim Cherniak and, and Hinsley Adams are guys who have contributed in small ways on previous teams, but they're guys we know can have a can can play a big role. Um, I liked C2E's roster, and I think I think Mike Roy is probably a touch too good to be throwing in this division. Eagle, let's get the C2E uh, schedule up there for us viewers to watch and see what they have lined up because they are undefeated right now in the season. And uh, well, they face Outlaws. Uh, which is game. a good match. Yeah, tough game. Good matchup. They're going to face uh, Super Saiyans, which are going to pose some, some difficulty with them athletic, athletically. Uh, they just won't win matchups across the board. And no. Band of Brothers later on in the season. So they face some top top and end don't, competition. Don't discount Dream Breakers. And Dream Breakers as well. I mean, I just didn't want to mention every single game, but yeah. And Centaur as well. Let's talk sure. And Le Centaur. We are an inclusive group here when it comes to mentioning teams. And Le Prince Le said, See, so we mentioned all the teams. Perfect. Uh, half a stars. Uh, the weird year, right? They they lost to the two best teams and they took out the two worst teams. Um, where do they go from here? Are they uh, are they going to be an up and down team? Or are they going to be uh, uh, even keel team in terms of where they will not go high or low? I think this is an adjustment season for Andrew Langford. I think they're going to be a middle of the pack team. Uh, he's moving up a division. He's moving up two divisions, kind of, because he was in five A before, and then we see half a stars now in four uh, A. Um, he's got a good group around him. There are a lot, a lot of the guys that he got from uh, the process. Uh, Max Brewer unfortunately suffered an injury his first game. He's going to be yeah, gone for the season. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be difficult. It's like she knows I'm in a show. Why would she call in the middle of my show? Anyway, it's all good. It happens every week. Answer, no, go ahead. Answer, come on. Answer. No, it's okay. Eagle, uh, sorry, Eagle. Uh, please answer. Don't be shy. It's not to be nah, shy. he doesn't want to answer I'm your on phone the air. call. Answer on speakerphone. Come on. I'll go for it. Come on. Do it. Do it. Shh. Shh. Here we go. We're live. Hello? Hi. Hey, babe. You're on the show. Yes. How's it going? So, is anybody taking the 149 to uh, RDP? There's a carbon monoxide leak on the bus. So, don't go. Don't what? Don't take the bus. Don't take the bus. Good advice for anyone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, I'll, th- I'll see you when I get home. Okay. Bye. Okay, so don't take the bus home. Don't take the bus home. Don't take the bus home. What's the reason? Clearly, why? that information could not have been texted. Yeah. It had to be a call. Yeah. Especially since she knows I Uber home after the podcast. <laughs> anyway. What's, what was the reason good. why? Like, how come? Was something going on in the 440-something bus? The 49 bus. There was an issue for some reason. Okay. All right, so... We could have been in South Beach. I once uh, was on the 49 bus when I was younger, and a woman was on there, and she had uh, a bunch of mice with her, which freaked me out, so I immediately got off the bus and waited for the next one. Okay, perfect. East End Uh, Troubles. Uh, (laughs) They could be pets or food for snakes. Or food for humans. Mm. But don't eat bats. Apparently, that's one of the things they say may have caused the outbreak of the coronavirus is a a soup that's become popular where they... uh, they just bats in the soup. And bats tend to carry a lot of disease and so on. Lovely. Don't know if it's true, but it's something I read. If you read it, it must be true. Internet 2020. Okay. All right. Uh, Dreambreakers, are they this year's Cinderella's? Uh, Cinderella team. 
Because I didn't, I didn't expect them to be three and one at this point. I like Dream Breakers a lot, man. I played against them in fall. Uh, they were far too good for the team that we had put forward in the fall cup. Um, I I like them a lot. Um, I didn't expect them to be three and one. To your point, more I didn't I didn't expect that to be an issue. I thought I thought they'd struggle defensively. But Sebastian Delaire is an absolute stud. The guy's got a quick release. He's got a great arm. He's a great athlete. Uh, the team itself has great athletes all over the place. Uh, I've sang the praises of Pierre-Alexandre Taché forever, but uh, Vincent Lagenier is a guy who's come along as well. He's I feel like well. I lose my voice every time I say the name Vincent Lagenier. He may be well. cursing me. He may be a curse. Good player, actually, both ways. I like him a lot. Both, both of those two guys, absolute studs. Absolute studs. I like, I like Dream Breakers a lot. I think they, they have... They have what it takes to win, like and perhaps be a six or seven win team. I think it's gonna be matchup dependent for them in the playoffs. Yeah, it might be. It might be because there's some teams they don't match up well with. Four B, Le Grocock are doing very well. Yeah, their so. um, Dom Lefort is is annoying. He is so quick in the backfield. He makes all rushers look bad. Um, nobody has even gotten a hand on him. It seems. Um, and they've shored up their defense quite a bit. They communicate well. They have a lot of speed. A lot. Of, they have some size. They tend to use their size on defense instead of offense, which is a pretty smart move. They got a short rusher who bats down so many balls. Yeah, Sheriff looked like they were this. Oh, they looked bad against them yesterday. Not good. Was so my, that, my, was Louis Bejan there? Yeah, he was. Okay. My question to you though is this: Backwood boys take over a mongoose. Who is the serious threat? Towards them right now. Um, sorry, where were the three teams? I, my head's like mongoose. The first I can miss the first one. Backward, backward, backward boys. Okay, backward boys. So I faced backward boys this past week. I know. Um, we're gonna get to you soon. Not so. fun. That's a tremendously uh, athletic team. Um, who are the other two backward boys? I take over or mongoose. They play. So they play backward boys week one. They play takeover week seven. Mongoose is not on their schedule. Um, I like takeover. Um, I'm a big fan. I think uh, this is the season for Ian Eber. Uh, this is his last chance with his roster before they all get pushed up, I believe, into a higher division. Uh, Backwood Boys' raw athleticism is impressive. Nicky Farinaccio is a monster, by the way. Um, the guy is Div 1 talented. Speaking Absolutely. Of, speaking of the Got size, got speed, plays physical. He's all the things you want in higher divisions. The guy's a monster. Could we get the uh, Backwood Boys score a box score up there, Eagle, from their win? He was the guy. I don't know if you remember. It was a game of the week at one point when, when it was unknown talent, and he caught a touchdown and did, did a standing backflip. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the dude. That dude who did a standing backflip is also 6'4". Okay, let's get to this game here. So I just looked at the stats for this game. Yeah, yeah. It's, no, no, oh, it's no, not no, good. No, no. It's I, not I good. I saw your boy Blay on Monday. And he's like, bro, we lost bad. I'm like, how bad? He goes, we lost. Like he, th- he well, he missed. He thought the score was seventy to nineteen. Yeah, it's about. It was about it was that close. Um, what the hell, peas, man? You get how many picks? You think four pick sixes they had on you? Five. So the game was over after five minutes or six minutes. Uh, well, we we drove the field the first drive after a drop touchdown. Uh, I threw my first pick six, um, and then I was trying to like at one point I didn't really care about the picks because it got so bad anyway. I was just trying to make things happen and, you know, put it scores wasn't in happening. It was not happening. Um, Can we get the box score, please? <laughs> the team stats? On, on my end, on my end, I played horribly. 
uh, I was unable to locate any any balls. 199 pass yards is pretty good, though. Well, we were moving the ball. It just uh, the difficulty is we were missing three of our faster players. So whenever they were in man, there wasn't anything open often. Uh, if anything was open, it was Justin Blanchard, and anything else was not open. And then on top of that, when they were in zone, I couldn't locate my passes, and they were sailing. There were balls literally sailing over open receivers into the chest of a de- of a defender. So I was gonna say, Rough game. if if there's man coverage, there is a very small window potentially, even if the defender is good or whatever. Was that the case where you literally had no windows, or just that they were so tiny? And they were just, so tight. Tiny. They were so tight that. Unless the ball was thrown perfectly, it was getting picked. Then that's not going to happen. Uh, it was, yeah, it was tough. Uh, you know, the, the matchup that they decided to go with late in the game, and Nicky Farinatro manned up against Justin Blanchard. We were actually able to score twice given that matchup, but, like, it wasn't open often easily. You know what I mean? So uh, kudos to them. They have a great team. Uh, we, we're, we're, we have a rivalry against each other. We're 2-1. and one. Hopefully next time around we'll put up a better uh, game. I played terribly. We didn't have the best version of our roster. Uh, not much more to say than that. We can only go up from here, please. Well, whatever. We can oh. only go up. It uh, can only go. <laughs> in, in 4B. I, I promise you I can throw more pick sixes. <laughs> in Conference 8 4B, uh, the probability that all eight teams will be 500 or better eagle if you get the uh, standings up, please. We'll power in two minutes. Um, 4B the probability of all eight teams being 500 or better right now is what? Um, 50% hold on did I say uh, conference A not conference B yeah 52% <laughs> <laughs> look they're all 500 right now yes so that means half the teams will be above 500 Exa- or half the teams will be below 500 or all the teams will be 500. I can see five being above 500. I think there's a 52% chance that all teams will be 500. Since we can't measure other... Uh, we can't measure alternate realities, I stand by what I said. Okay, fair enough. I see, I see five. Because of the horse paradox. I see five. Did I use it right? <laughs> Observational logic. That's well done, PZ. That's yeah! Well That's very well done then. Will Power will join us in a few moments from now. We'll talk to him about uh, the season. Will Power, good hands. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Big Dolphin fan. Yeah. Talented writer too. We hope to have him with the media team soon. Hello? Will Power. Good evening. How you hey. doing? Hey. All is well? I'm good, thanks. How are you guys? Very good, well. Will. How are you, bud? I'm good. I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me on the show. It's not really much of a show. It's just three guys just chit-chatting about nonsense, <laughs> actually. Uh, well, I, I know you're a big Miami Dolphin fan. Uh, you, yeah, you of were, course. You do, you, do, are you still wearing the Dolphin football gloves, by chance, during flag football? No, I'm, I'm not only because they, they lost a bit of grip, but um, if, if they were still like intact, I, I would. I could always represent my boys. Okay, so this week I was watching ESPN, and so they had the uh, they had this scenario presented to uh saying that there's a there's there's murmurs going on right now that Miami is willing to trade their three ones to move up to the first overall selection to get Joe Burrow. Would you be happy as a Dolphin fan if you got Joe Burrow for three ones? That's a tough one. I'm gonna say no. Um only because I feel like getting Tua at five 
is pretty solid. Um, I feel like, uh, you know, we could use, definitely use our other two number ones. I think we have like the 18th pick and the 26th. I think two is a good, a good first round pick. Um, I, I'm super impressed with Joe Burrow, but I just, I really like the way Tua throws the deep ball and the way, like, I don't know, he commands his team. I think I'm okay with getting Tua, to be honest with you. you know, who would you do better with in FBF, Tua or Joe Burrow as your quarterback in FBF? <laughs> Oh wow! I'm gonna I don't say think Tua two, right-handed in the FPS. No, I'm gonna say Tua left-handed because Pete's left-handed. And we have a good connection. There we go. It's true. It's true. The guy who's never complained about that left-handed spiral because it never spirals. Um, <laughs> but so you play on a team with Vincent Benjamin and Takeover. We know uh, we both know both of you guys very well. Obviously, both of you guys are very good at tracking the ball in the air. What are three things you're better at in FPF than Vincent Benjamin? Oh boy! <laughs> See what I did there with the asshole question? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, damn. Uh, I hope Vince isn't listening. Oh, he's I listening. guess that. Yeah. No. That, okay. I guess um, one of them. I guess maybe I'll say route running. Um, oh god, this is tough. I I, I sound super arrogant, but I'm nice. not. I, I did that on purpose. Okay, route running. Um, I would say uh, connection with Ian, just because we've played together for a while. And I'd say, uh, I guess, route running in the red zone. So you use the same term for different yeah, scenarios. Uh, I saw red that. zone. I saw it. <laughs> uh, look, this takeover team has had some successful regular season runs and have come up short in the playoffs. I, I scored after the game of two weeks ago, I believe, whenever that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, from my position, I, I think this is a really well-assembled team. Do you believe that this team has now what it takes to go even further and perhaps finally win you and many others on that roster the first FPF title? I think so. Honestly, I really do think so. Uh, I think that uh, this team is very well-rounded. I know oftentimes um, Peace and, and you guys talk about like Vince and I, but this team honestly is stacked all around. We have like Julian Wilson. Uh, I find a very underrated player on offense and defense. Our single signal caller. Ian's obviously a great QB. Uh, he's won QB of the year before. He's been an All Star twice. Uh, we have Ryan Dobbs Garnett, who has great hands. We have uh, the other Vince, Vince Hamel, who's almost as fast as Vincent Benjamin. Uh, and we have our snapper Sanjo, Bouchissant. We just have a bunch of bunch of weapons on this team, and I feel like. Uh, this is the year that, that hopefully we could finally get it done. I know there's a, a lot of good competition in 4B, um, but uh, for the last two years, we lost in the semifinals. But I think uh, at this point, honestly, we're our own worst enemies. But I definitely do think that uh, we have the talent to, to bring it home. Uh, well, when you look at your division, it is a death row of teams, top and bottom, right? Teams above you and below you. You've got the Grocock, Backwood Boys above you right now, Mongoose below you. A flip not too far away, Sheriff 2-2. Two two. Mm-hmm. How tough is this division? Because this might be one of those where seven wins could be enough to get you a top two seed going into the playoffs. Yeah, no, it's uh, honestly, because right now we're, I'm looking at it, we're third at 3-1, and one, and then we have uh, Backwood Boys at 2 with 3-1 and one, and Legal Cup undefeated at 4-0. and oh. It's honestly a very good division. We, uh, Mongoose is right under us, like you said, and, and they beat us. They beat us in the shootout. They have a very, very good team. Uh, friends in low places, we just beat, uh, this past week, but they have a great team, a great QB in Danny Demore. Um, then you have the Sheriff, Freshman, and, uh, honestly, I think it's, it's a great division. I think, uh, Conference A is also good, but I feel like, uh, the top, like, five or six teams in Conference B, like, any of them could finish first place 
by the end of the year in uh, in the conference. So I think it's going to be really tight up to week 11. Uh, you guys beat friends in the places, as you just mentioned. Uh, you got Danny DeMora to throw three interceptions. He's one of the most gifted passers, uh, most of the gifted players in, in this division. Uh, what is yeah. it that you were able to see and take away in order to get him to make those mistakes? Yeah, honestly, it was uh, our first and second game of the season. We didn't have uh, Jonathan Brisson. Uh, he played in our third game against Mongoose, where we didn't play well defensively. But he was there uh, for our last game against uh, against Friends in Low Places. And he single-handedly got all three of the interceptions. Um, I think it had to do a lot with uh, the rushing job by, uh, by Sandro Archero and by Vincent Hamel. But uh, Brisson is a very good player. You know, I think uh, you look at him, he doesn't seem very athletic, but he has great hands. He's very good at reading the quarterback, and he's just smart. He knows what to do in certain situations. Um, and I feel like uh, there's times QBs want to test him, but, uh, you know, in this time he got tested a few too many times, and, uh, and he made Danny pay for it. But uh, look, Danny was accurate most of the game, but Brisson just made a, a couple of great plays. So, well, you're in the red zone. You get your route. Do you know it's a touchdown? Do you go, my God, I'm going to score a touchdown on this route that I've been given, yes or no? Uh, <laughs> if Ian throws it to me, uh, I think so. Because um, uh, we're pretty good on, on like one of our plays. I won't really mention which one it is because Ian would kill me. But um, I, I think so. I think we have it. But like I said, there's so many guys on this team that are a threat in the red zone. Um, and I feel like it's not just like up to one or two guys. So if you know if we're scoring touchdowns in the red zone, it's not me punching it in. I'm perfectly okay with that as long as we're scoring. I will say uh, it was one time, Will, uh, in our five B game where I knew it was going to be a touchdown when uh, you were matched up in man against Eagle. It was a bad decision by Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you when you look at this team now, um, how disappointed would you be if you guys don't win it this year? I think we'd be even more disappointed because we've came so come so close. I know that sounds weird, but uh, we've tasted the semifinals for back-to-back years now, and we just finally like want to know what it feels like to be in the finals. You know, to have the game recorded and uh, and all that good stuff. Um, I really do feel like we have the talent on this team. Um, Ian, Ian, like I said, he's only getting better as a quarterback. He's hit the gym, uh, so his deep balls have been phenomenal, uh, like falling right in our laps. Uh, defensively, I think that we're solid. I think that we have a lot of underrated guys on the team, like I mentioned before. And I feel like this team really plays for each other. Uh, like I said before, I feel like everyone has the same mentality I do, whereas if it's not me scoring the touchdown or Vince or, uh, or anybody else, we're fine as long as we're winning games. And I think that's what's uh, been great and what's helped us so far is we're really a team and we have great chemistry together. So uh, I think anything short of a, a championship run would be quite disappointing, yeah. So what I'm hearing is you'd rather either miss the playoffs or lose in the first round than lose in the semifinals. <laughs> if it means losing again in the semifinals this year, I'll take finishing the season three and seven and not going to the playoffs. So let me ask you this question. Would you, would you be more disappointed not to win now or the Dolphins taking Andrew Thomas as opposed to Tua at number five? Oh, wow. I, I'm not even sure who Thomas is, to be honest with you. Um, I'm so I'm Okay, so yeah, so no, I'm going to say, I'd be more disappointed if we didn't make it to the finals, uh, because uh, I'm going to say, more, more for the players on our team, you know, I love my Dolphins, but uh, I want to get a championship for my boys, and Ian especially, so also, I'm going to go with that one there. what Mo doesn't realize, Will, is if you're mm-hmm. a Dolphins fan, they've already beaten the fandom out of you, because we wouldn't be yeah. surprised 
with them making an, another terrible draft pick. So what's one more terrible draft pick? What's one more wasted season ah, uh, on a on a pantheon of awful? Nirvana. Are like. you ki- 100%. I wouldn't even be surprised if they take a kicker at number five this year. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's some good kickers. Rodrigo, baby. Uh, yeah, well, that is true. Most seasons you're playing on multiple teams, um, either you know division six, five, four. I think you've dabbled mm-hmm. in three ones, uh, E, D, C yeah. type of thing. Do, do you find there's a big difference between the divisions in terms of the, the players that are in it, or can you potentially look at a you know a division five or six team where you go, you know, these guys can actually you know compete with the higher ones? And what advice would you give for teams that are kind of worried about moving up and getting crushed? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, uh, to be honest, I, I was worried about being in 4B this year because uh, with TakeOver, we've been in 5B for the last three years. And I feel like, yeah, there definitely is a bit of a jump. But uh, but you get used to it, right? Because other teams that jump with you, like Legal Cock jumped with us, um, like other teams like Mongoose, uh, a type of team like that. So I think that uh, it's only normal to be a bit like nervous at first to join the higher divisions. But I feel like once you get used to it, you know, like, look, you're all like around the same caliber. You all have the same cap. Um, so there's nothing really to be like too, too uh, nervous or to overthink it, really. Um, and I feel like uh, I think I noticed it this spring in Dip C, actually, where these uh, I think it's more just the chemistry these players have with their QBs uh, and the wide receivers and the routes are just absolutely phenomenal. Um, I think in Dip C was really where I noticed it. And like Dip 3, I think that's where you see like, the, the, the better athletes playing. Um, but I would, I guess something I give uh, advice to, to new teams that want to jump a division, I'd say, you know, try it. A lot of times, uh, you know, it may not work out. You may have a, a rough season at first, but uh, I guess obviously you never really know until you try it. But like I said, there's a lot of teams that uh, FPF does a great job of making sure these teams are, are well balanced. I feel like it's like that throughout uh, most of the divisions. So I would say uh, just, uh, you know, remembering that, uh, you know, you're in, you're in the league, so you're very capable of winning games and that you're going to be matched up with teams that are similar to you. So why not go for it? All right, Will Power, thank you so much for joining us today. And may the force awesome. be with you. Thanks, Will. Thanks for having me, guys. See you soon, bud. Thank you. See you. Take care. Godspeed. How's Will Power? Will Power. Powering his way through. Yeah, he's a big dolphin guy like you, huh? Yep, yep. It just, I, I feel like Will, so Will's like, what, how many years younger is he than me? Like 12? 20. Yeah, whatever. But like, I recognize myself in Will, like, yeah, I used to be that devoted a fan until the Dolphins just ruined all of that. Oh, no, no, no. Dolphins made you cry. Every time. Me and Hootie, man. Me and Hootie. <laughs> Darius Rucker. By the way, what, like. He's a big South Carolina fan, by the way. Wait, he's from South Carolina. Yeah, that's right. Um, <coughs> one of the le- least precedented things was the dude from Hooting the Blowfish becoming uh, a premier country star. Yeah. Uh, you can't successful. take a step in Nashville without hearing a Darius Rucker song. Yeah, he's very popular. He's awesome. Very popular. He's awesome. In the US. All right, Div 1, Div 2. Um, the week that was, let's dive into that. We have uh, about 20 minutes left in the show. Um, games that caught my attention that I saw. Uh, Godskills, DA's Finest. No love loss for these two teams. Very chippy affair. Uh, Finest winning this game 44-32. Uh, to 32. Uh, Keyshawn Thompson finding the Fountain of Youth. Four touchdown grabs. Was it just because of all the, all the stuff we said about him last week? Yeah, it could be. could be, perhaps. Um, but no Jared Taylor, by the way. And no Jeremy Murphy for uh, Godskills. But Godskills coming down a little bit to earth, I guess. I know not having everyone in the roster, but... 
you know, we, we thought they might have been able to match up either way with uh, with DA Finest, and that wasn't the case. No, it wasn't. But I just thought Shintomo brothers kind of got off their games when Kareem Bennett and Keyshawn started to trash talk them. And that's the same thing. They, they, they're talented, the Shintomo brothers, but once they get revved up with the talking, they just forget about everything else and they just go off course and, and it costs them this game. Um, Kevin Wyeth has had uh, perfect games in the past. Notably, once he did so in the finals, you and I were there. Yes, uh, that's right. But no, he missed an extra point. But doesn't count. Back then we didn't track that. Um, Twenty-one for twenty-three, maybe uh, falling off the uh, falling off the cliff a little bit. Well, yeah, two incomple- two completions. I mean, well, come on, two hundred six yards passing, which isn't really that much. Jeez, you know, maybe step it up next time. No, but but I, I still think when you look at this God Skills team, they they have good talent. I, just, I think the finals are just a bad matchup for them. Mm-hmm. And the finals are not a good matchup for them. And but it, is it because of the trash talking? Or, or yeah, I think so. Okay. I think Keyshawn kind of got revved up by it, and, and that's uh, Keyshawn Thompson. That is, and that was it for them in the game against um, Finest. The uh, game of the year in FPF for the 2020 year um, took place already. The rest of the games can can ignore themselves. Uh, Flagmaw Sack versus Braves, 107 points scored. Um, I talked about it in my article. Again, you can see it if you haven't yet. Otherwise, we'll talk about it here. Um, this game, both quarterbacks played virtu- virtually identically. Um, the the game essentially came down to uh, Extra points. A, a score. Well, a score by Braves late. Braves went for two. Uh, f- got the two point conversion. Flag one sack. Scored a- and went for two to win the game, and were not successful. But man, that's everything you want in a football game. It's, it's points scored all over the place, uh, insane plays, insane grabs. Um, Samuel Dupuis, Guillermo Rivera went nuts. Uh, Mike Pierce, uh, Mike Pierce actually scored that go-ahead touchdown at the end of the game. Uh, just awesome! Like all the players you want to be making plays were making plays. Uh, it was nonstop offense. Just, just an incredible game by two of the league's premier passers, and Alex Nadepuz and uh, Jonathan Mayer. Okay, so you see this. Uh, who is the better team right now? You still think you still think the Braves? If they were to play each other again next week, would you take the Braves over the Flagmosak? After this week, I'm less less sure of that to be honest, because Flagmosak looked every bit every bit as good as as Braves. Um, and um, they took that loss. But I do think Braves have the best roster uh, in FPF right now. Um, that's it, Flagman Sack. They, they're at 2-2. Two and two. Um, It's been a, been a bit of a tough start. They took losses to, defi- to DA Finest and to, uh, to Braves. So we hope that at some point we can see them beat one of the top end teams because they face uh, you can't sit with us and then uh, DA finest in the next two weeks and that that'll give us an, an uh, idea of whether sort of or not separation. they belong. Yeah, it'll be some sort of separation div one now because there's a unless unless again if they split those games and we have n- no information. Oh man, I hope they go like, like they five lose to finest and beat you can't sit with us like div ones up in the air. Which I what is, we want by the I way. I hope there's like five and five teams. Like there's like all all the teams are five and five. But that's that's that, that's what we've wanted from the one for a long time, right? So like it's cool that that we, that, that might actually be what we get is true parity. Well, AP test and uh, AP test ABC uh, will be uh, close behind. Yeah. Better than STL. Hey, oh, yeah, STL unlucky. <laughs> uh, I don't What's know. What's going on? Is it just 
the, the new editions are just not working? Or well, it's I also Dylan Taylor's first season. Divorce. Yeah, give him a second, right? Like, it, it's his first four games in the division, and they lost by a point to you can't sit with us, which Mo will tell us about right now. Yeah, I mean, look, some bad throws early on. Uh, you can't sit with us. Had some calls, maybe going their way. You know, some people might think that's the way it was. The refereeing was not that great for both sides. Uh, but I thought both quarterbacks were good. The only mistake was Dylan Taylor that resulted in, in, in a turnover that went for points for you can't sit with us, and they ended up winning by one. But that was James O'Hagan back in the lineup for you can't sit with us, which brings a different element for Hollowak's offense. Um, Theo Jett, they got to figure out how to use him better than what they've done so far on STL. He's just been underutilized, and I feel like he's been lost in the, in the process here because you have a guy who can kill teams. Uh, at any given moment. So I think Theos has to be utilized better. But the reality is, you can't sit with us picked on Ryan Perry the entire time. And that was evident in the in the play calling from Alex Hallwack. And they used his side and used wherever he was lined up as being the difference maker on why they won that football game. Um, were you surprised uh, the fact that you can't sit with us couldn't score more often on STL? I think you can't sit with us kind of played down to STL a little bit. If you look at uh, uh, you can't see with us as a uh, schedule so far, they played up to the Braves, they won that game. They played down to God Scales, they lost that game. Uh, they played up to the finest, they won that football game. But this game, they got lucky. And now we got Flagmar Sack coming up on the third next Monday at Hebert. I think they do play up to this team. I think How many points are going to be scored in that game? <laughs> Because like, what's the line right now? A hundred? No, that's too high. I mean, ninety-five. Uh, yeah, I think ninety-five is a good number. Ninety-five and a half. Ninety-five and a half. I'll go. I'll, I'll take the over. I'll take the under. La- take the life's, under. life's too short to take the under. I'll take the under. You got. You got to always be cheering for points. No, this, there, there's gonna be a lot of points. I, I I don't discredit this game at all. I just think that it's gonna be under right now for this matchup. But in Div Two, um, no cap against the studs. No Sam Caron this game, so no no cap really feasted on a Sam Caronless quarterback play, as Jimmy Lee Janvier almost had a near perfect game, five TDs, nineteen to twenty two, and if you look at the quarterback defensive stats here, Eagle, Wiedens Alexander uh, had a monster game both sides of the football here, five sacks and one touchdown. This kid is legit. He's real deal. Jared Taylor, two pick sixes, though. Don't forget. Yeah, Jared Taylor with a the, with the, with the huge game himself. But the, the reality was um, they were going nowhere this says without Sam Caron. He was not there on Monday nights. Um, but, like, on the on the no-cap side, I think I think Jimmy, Lange, Jimmy Lee Janvier may not be entirely ready to play at this level. He had a great game, though. Like, we'll, 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 uh, we'll definitely give him credit for that. But... I do like him, and I think he's going to improve quickly. He's he's more athletic than he looks. He's got very quick feet. He can buy time against against most rushers, um, and he he can reposition his feet and and make um, go through all of his reads very quickly. For that, you know, his ability to make the read, turn his feet, and and make throws very very impressive. And 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 I'm I'm very impressed with the level of talent from what I've seen so far. Before I answer that point, uh, Eagle, make sure you get Faizan Munoir on the phone call for a thirty-five. Perfect. Um, when you look at Jimmy Lee, there's a lot of drop balls. I mean, the three drop balls he had could have gone for touchdowns. But that's the thing about this team, though. No cap, they 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 have so much talent to work with, but they just sometimes don't care. 
and it, they're they're a detriment detriment to themselves when they don't want to buy into saying, hey, if we put our put all, all of our chips in one basket, we. Can I win think this that's game. just the lack of focus that comes from a lot of these guys not having played in this division yet. I, I I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessarily a personality issue. It's, I think it's more just uh, that's where the inex- that's the way that the inexperience is man- manifesting itself. All right, on to the questions here before we get to over 35. Uh, mentioned the name, Whedon's Alexander, and what he's done so far. Uh, would he be an early candidate as defensive player of the year with his five-plus sacks? And not many rushers win defensive player of the year. Well, he got five sacks in this game. That's right. <laughs> so it helps. It helps to have uh, a big game like that. Definitely going to pad the stats. I will say that often when Simon's uh, single-handedly choosing – the winners of the awards and who makes the all-star games with no input from anybody else because he's stubborn. Um, uh, I will say that um, he insists that he he looks at where the stats come from and if there's a large distribution or not. But look, I mean, uh, he's had, of the four games, he's gotten a sack in three of the four games. Yeah. And he's got an interception in the game where he didn't get a sack. Yeah. So... It's it's impressive. Uh, he's definitely making a case for himself, and he's 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 a phenomenal player. Um, in two weeks' time, we'll have hashtag NR against Taco Tuesday. Would you right now? Would you prefer the high-powered offense of No Regard or the stingy defense of Taco Tuesday? Uh, well, give me points. Always give me points. I like I like hashtag NR. We we talked about it last week that we thought this is you know one of the better hashtag NR rosters we've seen. Um, uh, w- when do they face each other? Two weeks from now. Two weeks from now. Um, that'll be a good game. That's you know, uh, if I have any sway on game of the week, which I don't, um, that's a, that's a game I would push for. Uh, game of the week. It'd be, f- it'd be fun to watch. Uh, this could be your final, but yeah. but I think both teams have some issues. I think the lack of depth for Norgard could catch up to them. I think they're they're depth dependent, and I think for Taco Tuesday we know what the issue is, which won't go beat the dead horse again if they can get. I mean, but where's the lack of depth? When I say lack of depth, is the number of roster guys, right? If they are seven guys, maybe eight if they're lucky, and I think that's where they have to make sure guys. Well, come they have out. they have eight guys with at least three games played. Right, but there's some guys who've been missing, and like Corey yeah. Packer missed the first game of the year. Fred Dupree played that game. Right, you don't want your key quarterback to not be there in the most important games of the season. I mean, but it doesn't matter in regular season if you have your your best eight or nine guys in the playoffs. That that won't matter. Yeah, but you never know with these guys, right? I wonder if they have a trip for Miami lined up if they win. Remember they went to Miami two years ago. Yes, and that caused quite the ripple in that team. Actually, I didn't know that. Yeah, I did. Um, but Taco Tuesday has a really good defense. Really good. They 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 attack the football with great confidence. Jason Prince has been a difference maker. Pick six or eight to his name. Vinny Galano has has been a lockdown player. I can't wait for that match or that chess match with this two, when the, when these two teams play each other in two weeks. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm I'm excited to see it. Um, you know, Sean Avery's playing really well as well. Um, and it's 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 a Taco Tuesday's got a talented roster. Like uh, Justin McLean, Chris Miard, AJ Gomes, Isaiah Lard. That's everything. That's size, that's speed, that's reliable hands. You, you that, 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 everything you want on offense, they got it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, under Cheers 2.0, mm-hmm. um, top tier team or a rest of the pack team? 
Well, their name would have you believe that they underachieved most. So maybe not top tier, just based on name alone. Um, that Look, they're 2-2. Two and two. Um, I think they're about that. I think they're about middle of the pack. I think, look, it's a 10-game season. You know, four games is not a huge sample size, but it's about it's almost half it's almost a halfway point. Um, I think it's a team that's got solid pieces, and I think it's a team that lacks um, guys who've played at this level and, and guys who maybe we don't know whether or not they truly can compete at this level. So, um, in the end, a lot of it will come down to uh, Dylan Taylor's uh, play and his ability to protect the football. His seven interceptions at this point's kind of high, right? Uh, so that kind of worries me, but I think they're a middle of the pack team, and that's what they've shown so far. Yes, that's what they've been. They have hashtag NR lightweight, no cap, a repeat of Killer Bees, Tackle Tuesday, and lay studs on their schedule. That's I rough. think looking at that, going five hundred would be acceptable. So it'd be a five and five team. Yeah, because you're. Yeah, I think that's you're going to be lightweight. You're likely going to beat lay stud. Uh, you're probably going to lose to hashtag NR and no cap. Tackle Tuesday is going to be a tough one, and I think Killer Bees is the one where you can go either way. So you end up being 500 or 2-4. and four. No, they'll be Killer Bees, I think. Well, they lost last time. Uh, and I don't know if they'll beat Leicester. Leicester, don't forget, like they, they had an extra loss without Sam Cahill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they lost to... Leicester only lost to, to Hashtag NR in Week 1 by two points, right? So they're, they're a team that easily could have been 3-1. and one. All right, uh, quickly, please, let's get to your bandwagon Div 1, Div 2 finals pick for this week. Ah, uh, my, oh, my bandwagon. Which one do you want first? Div two. Div two. I'm gonna say it. Les studs should be three and one. They know it. They're gonna come back from the one and three. They're gonna bounce back. Sam Carroll will be there absolutely, and um, they're gonna. In order for them to be in the finals, they will have to face another middle of the pack team because uh, other, they're gonna have to run through the gambit because it'll probably be a lower stud lower um lower tier team so because of that because of that fact byob you're you're my next guy my next uh, runner-up all right and your bandwagon did one finals well uh i feel like this is going to be the same pretty much all the time because there's not that many teams but let's do it anyway flying well sack i love what i saw bandwagon 100 percent Braves, you might have been my bandwagon team last time. You're my bandwagon team again. Bandwagon of love. Don't know what that means. Neither do I. Faisal Munwar is going to join yeah, us. We're getting Faisal. We're going to find out what's going on. 35 plus right now. Or whenever he answers, if he answers. One way or another, we're going to scream at somebody. Are we just going to... You know you're supposed to... F- they can't hear the ringing. I know. This is the quality content our viewers expect. Yeah, call and listeners, don't forget the listeners. listeners you know, hey, Faisal, we where call are you? you for your input. Uh, what's going on with the scores? Hey, like, come on. Are you going to feel more hard the show is to do on Thursdays? What's going 35 on? plus is Thursday We're night. We're trying to figure out terrible. what's going on in the games <coughs> right now. <coughs> Who's scored touchdowns Seriously, right now? what do you, you Simon and Dajani? 45-32 yet? You think you can take a night off whenever you want? How about you communicate? How about you communicate? Be a better communicator. Okay, bye. Poor guy. He's going to be like, what the bleep was that? Thank you, Faisan, for coming on the show. Thank you. <laughs> Great job by you. Insights. Well done. Custom all dash for us, please. Do you actually want to custom all dash Yes, please. Yeah. All right, sure. And while we're at it... Um, well, and then we'll talk about games that happened a week ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which I honestly I thought... But they can't hear the ringtone. Can you please talk? Fill the, the void. <laughs> Robin Heads. Bob, 
Audio viewers can't see you bobbing your Simo head. Simo up next. No, he's absolutely not up next. Call Faisan again, please. I will, mm -hmm. but first we got to leave Simo the voicemail. Because why leave one when you can leave five? Veuillez laisser votre message après le signal sonore. Après avoir laissé un message, vous pouvez raccrocher ou appuyer sur le carré pour entendre plus d'options. How do you not know by this time? I just want to ask you what you're wearing. I just want to know what you're wearing. Like, are we wearing the same thing? Does one of us need to go home and change? Are you home? Can you change? Just change. Just change for once in your life. Change comes from within. Come on. Give us a call. All right, 35 plus. Yeah. Starting as it always does. Yeah, we got like three minutes left in the show. Wow. Old age outlaws back to uh, their winning ways. Thoughts on them? Uh, see, here, here's the thing though. Who's the last one to lose a game? Will it be old age outlaws or uh, or FPF? Sorry. Or OAS. Yeah. Or or OAS. I don't think OAS is losing a game. Um, so let's say FPF because they have a crappy name. <laughs> Your analysis? I think OAS will go undefeated. This is a, a far superior talented team. The Division Four team, uh, right, Eagle? Yeah, I think I think old age outlaws will. They did not like that, by the way. Not at all. Why? And I got shit for it. I didn't say that. Why are you so And in the, in the clip, in the clip, you can hear me say. Yeah. Oh no, they're way better than that. They're yeah. At least a different. But I got shit for the thing you said. I know. That's my favorite. Why are, so, why are they so sensitive, though? I don't know. They're old. Old old people are sensitive to everything. They're sensitive to light, to aches and pains, to uh, mixing medications, to losing memory. That's all the things that they're oh, dealing with all, all at once. Worst. That's the worst. Uh, but yeah, I... Yeah, 3-0. Great game by Old Age Outlaws. Faisan Munawar. Faisan didn't answer once again. But yeah, I'm, I'm uh, Preston, how... How thoroughly they beat down pacemakers. Uh, Jason Rossi could not keep pace. Only going for two, only throwing for two touchdowns in this game. A little bit surprising considering uh, his ability. Uh, we talked to Nim Jankowski earlier in the show. You got in my head now about his name. Is I've never gotten that name wrong before. Uh, Nim Jankowski uh, was saying that you know they got sort of they hit they hit a little, little bit of a, a bump, but he has faith playing with Jason Rossi. Shot every place in this league, correct? Sean Avram plays in this league as well. He's old. Does yeah. he have a better chance to win in this league or with his Div 2 team? I like Taco Tuesday, man. I like Div 2. Uh, but there's less teams here, so uh, mathematically he has more chance of winning here. Eagle? Uh, I mean, yeah, exactly to Pisa's point. I mean, here you don't have to beat as many people to get to the finals. Uh, you also you can make a lot more mistakes because everyone makes playoffs as well. So if you get on a losing streak, it doesn't really matter. So... It's probably more likely in 35 plus, but I think he's gonna want to win the Div Two title more. Now, are they part of uh, Finals Weekend? These uh, no, 35 plus is in a different time because they do they'll do their final on the Thursday night, pretty much, and everything. So it's an entirely different structure. Uh, Coed one, two, and women's are all gonna be our. No, I do. I, I just wanted to verify on yeah. 35 plus because they've always been their own uh, North Korea, right? Uh, the island of North Korea. The island of North Korea. Is uh, Eugene McLaren had a great game for uh, Pizzazz. Uh, he, he got he hit Rob Allen for three of his six touchdowns. Rob Allen's a guy that not a lot of like FPF players of today will remember. No. But insanely talented, oddly tall, and giant Adam's apple. I once played against him, and I was like, this is going to be terrible. It was, it was GM, terrible. GM Clarethas yes. loves him. 
Like, he's a great guy. Yeah, great, great guy. Great athlete. Good, good angle. Yeah, but like, like GM, I swear GM has the opposite of Alzheimer's. Like, I guess no, it is Alzheimer's. He only remembers things from his past. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> so the thing is, is that like, he doesn't know new players or remember the performances of new players. He just remembers things that happened. What Stalin guys he remembers? Yeah, what? he's oh, he's like the Simo, like Simo is the French players. He's that with West Island guys. Although New Ontario guys, I got I got a I got a sweet spot for my East Enders. Dan Lazara, I got you, bro. Uh, Nimrod says old age outlaws versus pacemakers in the final. Yeah, I can see that. I okay, can see that happening. okay. We'll try this one more time before we sign off. If we get Faisan, we're gonna try Faisan. Yeah, so basically he was in between games. Hey, hey, hey Faisan, how's it going, What's happening, brother? What's going on, man? Now, Mike, tell us, tell us, bore us right now with with the thirty five plus. What is going on right now in your hood, neck of the woods? Oh man, we just had a draw. We oh. Just it came down to the wire, draw game. So grumpy old X Men pizzazz tied. Oh man, old oh, people are the worst. No, no, they... this is this is Wolfpack and Llamas and Pajamas tied. <laughs> That's uh, not thirty five okay, plus. So not thirty five plus. Have you have you yeah. uh, seen any thirty five plus tonight? Yeah, I saw OS and Old Age Outlaws. How was that game? That must have been uh, fireworks. Oh, now. that was uh, that was amazing. Uh, our boy Kevin White uh, went on fire. He uh, he came up top thirty four twelve against Old Age Outlaws. Oof. Oh boy, Kevin. Kevin he was White? dipping a left right center. Kevin White was throwing for OS. He was throwing for OS exactly. Uh, that'll do it then. Yeah, that will. Poor him, Rod. That makes it a different kind of game. Oh boy! Um, I, I know. I know they weren't on your field, but did you see MTL Spitfire against uh, Pacemakers or no? I uh, do not. They're all the way at field three. So what the hell are you doing then? <laughs> Come on, Faisal, <laughs> step it up. Uh, right, oh, right, do, right, do, you, do you do you do you get like sleepy watching thirty five plus? By Why chance? do you hate thirty five plus? Because it's like it's only they're the same, same players who play in FPF. <laughs> I know. Usually in higher divisions. I know, but I think. <laughs> Do you get sleepy though? That's the question. If I sign, you're not off the hook. Yes, sir. Hold on. Hold on. There's a play running. Oh. oh. <laughs> I don't care for the play. Oh, Forty yard bomb. From from who to who? Yeah, tell us. Give us the play. We got right. zone six ballers. <laughs> Jansley threw it all the way to number ten, Matthew Valente. Oh, Valente. Oh, Great yeah, catch, oh, yeah. Nice Great catch, Matthew. You think he's we got six six over here. Six six early on. Uh, by the way, before we, we let you go, who do you got Sunday? San Fran or KC? KC, Patrick Mahomey. <laughs> oh. Have a good Mahomey night, my side. Thank, thanks for answering the phone. Talk to you soon. All right, and we never. I'm had sorry for the voicemail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't check your voicemail. Yeah, just disregard it when you get home. Okay. So this is going to become a regular thing, clearly. So I'm just going to start scripting all my outros at this point. Thank you to our guests this week, uh, Nimrod Janikowski, Tam Viljadev, and William Power. Great insights across all the different divisions. Uh, thank you to Mo and Pease for showing up and saying words for three hours. Thank you to Faizan for giving us a quick update on what's going on in Bader Fate tonight. No thank you to Simon Dagenet for not answering his phone yet again. Useless as always. Uh, no show next week. We'll be back in two weeks. Yeah, so next week we're going to have well, our... We're doing our show. We're doing something for Hall of Fame. We'll figure it out. We'll let you guys know. Um, if you have games on Monday or Wednesday, we'll do a quick recap the week after. I guess that'll kind of summarize it. But yeah, uh, enjoy yourselves a Super Bowl Sunday. Good night. Miami. Bye. <laughs>